at snap. Bobble oh. scoops oh. up. Here come the Spartans. Touchdown, MSU! From WDBM East Lansing, you're listening to the Green and White Report, a production from Impact Sports. This is your source for sports news, debates, and more for Michigan State, Detroit, and the rest of the sports world. Good morning, East Lansing. Sunday, November 11th, 11th, 17th. 17th. Good start to the show. 11.04 a.m. We're rolling. Ryan Rabinowitz, Julian Mitchell here with you. The Green and White Report brought to you by Impact 89 FM WDBM. The 122nd installment of the show. Can you believe that? Boom. We're making it. 122 episodes. We're moving along. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to place out in my mind where we will be at when we're, do we do our last show. Do we get to 150? Is there enough time in the day? Enough time in our tenure here? I hope so. I would love to That'd I would cool. love to end it out on 150. That'd be very cool. 150 would be sweet. But we're moving along here. Sunday morning. How you feeling? Feel good. Um you know, I think you said you said it driving in, but every team kind of got it done this weekend except for football. So, you exactly. know, Exactly. And I kind of fi- figured football was going to be what it was. That was going to be the result. But I'm happy that the other teams got it done. I feel it, yes. so. I feel good. I don't feel hurt. I uh, I I completely actually forgot that there was a football game Saturday because I'm locked in on basketball <laughs> season. You know that. I told you I'm locked in you on sure, basketball true. season. Between that and women's basketball and hockey and whatever other sports were going on, that might have been it. But everyone seemed to get the job done. Everyone got the job done. So not all. So not all is terrible in East Lansing. Bye, Joe Dandron. Joe Dandron's taking off now. Joe Joe, very light studio today. Henry Menigo is behind the glass today. Thanks for stepping in, Hank. We don't know where Collins is. We're kind of a. Uh, Producer by committee here at the time being. Yeah, this is it's been a tough session, but Hank's rolling. He's in there. He's rolling with the punches. Yeah, I mean, you guys are. Uh, we just got. I think Collins guy was just you know getting in the groove of things. So we're gonna take a couple steps back today. We'll. Uh, are you nervous? We'll have some growing. Oh, I'm just sweating. Like Collins says, I'm sweating bullets over here. Yeah, you don't. You don't have to be nervous. Trust me. Yeah, it, ain't that, it ain't that. It ain't that. It's a high pressure job. I mean, you Collins doesn't have the bar set that high, so like you can <laughs> you can make it work. I will say the first time that we had Collins, he didn't play the intro, so you've already done. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I, got the, so I learned. See, I learned from. You're so. already at number one on the depth chart, so. I'm very proud of you, but thank you for being here with us, Hank. That's it. That's all we got. Joe's taking off because he's got family here. Yeah, and it's you, me, and Hank. It's you, me, and Hank. Just rolling along. The three amigos. How was uh? You went to Ann Arbor on Friday. How was I Ann did, Arbor? Yes. You know, man, and like I'm not just saying this as a guy that loves Michigan State because, admittedly, too, my mom, as I've said before on the show, my mom's from Ann Arbor. I grew up a very big Michigan fan. But again, as I as I always say in the second breath with that, as I used to eat my boogers when I was a kid too. But you know, people grow up people and you learn, up. and <laughs> you know you. You're able to. It's, you ever read the book 1984 by George o- Orwell? Oh yeah, yeah, great book. You know the Big Brother thing and the brainwash. Mm-hmm. It's kind of how I view like the University of Michigan. It's like you know I was trapped in there for so long, and all of a sudden you know you get just you wake up one day and you snap and you're like, what have I been doing what for the I past mean? I like you know, that, yeah. 15, 16 years of my life? So uh, Ann Arbor's a nice city. Don't get me wrong, but it's just on game days, man. It's chaos. Like there's nowhere to park, and if you park somewhere, it costs forty dollars. <laughs> There's too many streets. I never know which street. It's that's There's just kind of the, the dynamic of having the campus interwoven into the city. Yeah, it's just a mess. It's like I, I, you have to walk. I mean, people think that Michigan State's a big campus. I don't mind walking places at Michigan State because it's like okay, 
if I live at place X and I want to go to the stadium, I know where the stadium is. You mm-hmm. go across Grand River and you walk in there and you're right there. Like that's you know, it's I, I love how there's the separation of campus and city. But it took us two hours to leave on Saturday after the game. Oh, jeez. Friday night, it was great. I, I always I love seeing my buddies from U of M. I, I grew up with those guys, so it was nice nice seeing them, hanging out with them Friday night. Saturday, having a noon game. People need to understand here at Michigan State, we are privileged to not have a noon game at home this year because it is, yeah. it's impossible. I had to, you know, I got a, a lot of friends that are in Ann Arbor, a couple different tailgates to go to. And I'm thinking, like, I gotta get, I gotta wake up on my Saturday. I haven't woken up on Saturday before eleven o'clock in months because all the all the state games are at three thirty. Three thirty, yeah. So I, you know, I have to get up at six thirty. I wipe the crust out of my eyes, and everyone's the house I was staying at. There were like thirty people sleeping over, and so oh, everyone's geez. trying to get in the bathroom. Yeah, I gotta, yeah. do, I gotta do my skincare routine, and come on, hurry up! It's like, don't, don't rush me. Like I, yeah, I, you're like, on I'm my doing time. a face mask. Yeah, you gotta you're wait. on my time here. I gotta moisturize. So, you know, you're getting ready, and you know, thankfully they had the Panera bagels out there, which was great. You get a Big bagel, time. and you gotta have some food in you, and you know, cracking the first beer at seven a.m. You're like, what am I doing with my life? This is embarrassing. Whatever, you finish it, and then I, I had to go. I went from there. I walked to a, someone else's house. From there, I we, we drove to a different tailgate, and, and and then I had to walk a half hour to another tailgate. I Ubered back, and it's just you're spending money, and you're there's so many people. It's just a just a lot. It's a lot to handle. That's a it's a lot to do. It's a on lot an early to morning. It is. I just did my hot corner thing. Uh, turning my laptop off. Really? I thought you turned those off. Well, I should. I don't know why I don't. I'm a mess. But whatever. Yeah, it was. You know, it was. It was a good time just for around being around the company. That's good. Well, that's good. I'm not a huge fan of the city. Obviously not a big fan of the school, but we got embarrassed. I was, I was, you know, I almost wanted to take, I wore my Cassius Winston jersey down there. I was all with the final four patch. Yes. I was all my, my Chinese edition of the jersey. (laughs) Can we, Uh, we're not going to shout out. (laughs) I was all, I was all high and mighty walking into Ann Arbor because I just have that blind faith of. Yeah, you know, it's a rivalry game. Anything can happen. The Spartans will get up for this game. And after the first quarter, I was like, this team might win a national championship somehow. I was like, I was like, if you put I was like, if you put this team against LSU in the national championship game right now, we win by three hundred points. I was seriously. And there's the 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 one of the Michigan fans behind me. You know, you get a little worked up. You got you know a couple of course, of course. couple couple dad sodas flowing through you. Mm-hmm. You know, once that first touchdown went in and they called the back the Cody White touchdown. The only I'm sorry, the first the only touchdown <laughs> of the game. You know, I turned. I'm like, yeah, you want us to score again? We'll score again. We'll put it again. You know, you don't like the first touchdown? We'll run it in right now. And he that guy ended up leaving. Thankfully, because I don't. I yeah, think that he would have he would have been, been good. he would have had a uh, uh, three more quarters of. Tearing into me, but whatever. I'm. I, I was there to support my team. That's what I did. I, I was going to go to the game too, but there was that part of me that was like, "Do I really want to sit in the cold?" No, and things could get ugly, and they did. So I, I, I punted on that. But here we are now. Made the drive up this morning. Spent the night last night at home. Now we're here this morning, and we're talking about football. That's good. Talking so should about we football. get rolling? You want to get right into it right Let's now? Let's get rolling. Let's get into Let's it. Let's throw the uh, – we have a lot to do today, folks, per usual. We'll do MSU football on the clock to start. Michigan State basketball as well. We will touch on Michigan State hockey. Big sweep over Michigan. At least they got the job done against the Wolverines. Uh, we'll be talking that around the 1130 part of the show. Obviously, the Sparty Awards. Oh, we got some national headlines, too, we want to talk about. We, we do, always, yeah. We always talk about Michigan State stuff here. Obviously, that's our, that's our job at the Green and White Report. Some big things, some big, some big news. National headlines we will touch on uh, at noon. We have our Sparty Awards. 
worst candies known to man today. And this is all inspired by the only thing I have put in my stomach today is a fun-sized baby Ruth. It's so, just not good. Running and on. It's bad. It's on my list. Empty, I'll, I'll, I'll tease it. Yeah, there's pretty much nothing in my system, and, and it's, it's it's not good. Uh, Michigan State football part two with Eric Bach. He'll be joining us uh, just before 12:30. Then we will finish off the show with our picks. Uh, but to get started here, I'll throw the number out 517-432-3893 if you want to call in or text us. I prefer if you text. We don't, the, the phone thing's tricky. Admittedly, we're still a work in progress. So yeah, I, I say let's 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 stick to text. Okay. Today, all, right? <laughs> yeah. all right. So per the producer's call, feel free to text us five one seven eight eight four eight nine eight nine is a number to text us or tweet us at WDVM Sports using the hashtag GW Report. Okay, Julian, let's get into it. Michigan State let's do football it. Uh, dismantled, as you put it in the notes here. Incredible word. Great great synonym there for uh, destroyed, embarrassed. Uh, bamboozled, hoodwinked, <laughs> led astray, a. run amok. Hoodwinked, yeah. bamboozled, run amok, led astray. All of that. 44 to 10 loss pants for been the Spartans down. in Ann Arbor. Yes, the pants pulled down on national television. <laughs> uh, some stats for you. Brian Lewerke, 17 for 30 through the air, 166 yards, one touchdown, two interceptions. Elijah, Co- really? Elijah Collins, 12 <laughs> carries for 27 yards. Are you sure you read that right? I'm, Are you positive? I am positive. I must not have been paying attention very much to the game. <laughs> Uh, the be- the best stat of the day, uh, Shea Patterson for the Wolverines, 24 through th- for 33 through the year, 384 yards and four touchdowns. You might Ooh, as well give Heisman. him the Heisman right now, uh, as he's supposed to. Be, he-, he was supposed to win the Heisman for uh, two straight years now, so maybe this is the year. Um, I don't know, Julian. What? <laughs> Not much to say, I guess. Um, as far as the game goes, you just you, rivalry games like this, everyone gets excited. And admittedly, for myself, again, I always, I always drink the Kool Aid. I'm the same way with the Lions. I think that they're in every game. I'm go, yeah, every game Michigan State plays, they can win. So you know, when people ask me, because obviously they know I do this show and I, you know, am in very invested in Michigan State football for better or for worse. You know, I, I get asked the question, you know, what's what's the angle here? Can they get it done? Do they have a chance? And I go, yeah, you know, every team's got a chance. You look at Baylor and yeah. Oklahoma last night. Oklahoma's down a million points. They come back and win. So every team has a chance. So foolishly, I was selling this false hope of, yeah, you know, it's a it's a rivalry game. You know, Michigan State's defense, you know, they haven't been great as of late, but Michigan Michigan's offense hasn't shown you a ton so they can go into Ann Arbor. D'Antonio always gets these guys ready to go. They're wearing the helmets on the bus. I love it. They're walking in. And then, you know, whatever. And this happens. So it's I don't know what you want me to say. I'm not gonna make excuses. Yeah. You have to wear it on your you have to wear it on your on your chest. Like this is this is the state of Michigan State football. I think if you're a Michigan fan, you kinda have you probably obviously a win's a win. And you beat your rival and it feels great, and there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. But this is a Michigan State team that came into your house at four and five. Uh, if you haven't been paying attention to Michigan State football, you know this was just kind of it was almost a nail in the coffin. And we talked about it being the nail in the coffin. And you and I also talked about looking at your big games being OSU, Wisconsin, Penn State, and Michigan, and what you had to prove. And we were saying, you know, three and one would be awesome. Four and zero is unrealistic. Two and two, you accept anything less is a failure, and you go zero and four in those games. And you and I were talking coming down the stairs today to get to the studio, of just like what has this team really done this year? Yeah. They've beaten Tulane at home, who's your cupcake game. You rolled over Western, who's got probably one of the worst defenses in college football. Uh, you beat Indiana, and who's the other team that you beat? Uh, Northwestern. So it's Tulsa, Northwestern, who's uh, won now what? Western, They've... Northwestern, and Indiana. Yes, and I think Northwestern won their second game of the year the other day. So. Really, you haven't done anything. 
And, 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 you know, you look at the season as a whole, and I don't want to continue to beat the dead horse here of, of you know, with the coaching staff and the team and the players. And, you know, look, this is it's it's been a drastically horrible, horrible season for this team. And the only thing that you have left to play for is you now have to win your last two games of the year to be bowl eligible. And I don't think this team deserves to go to a bowl game, Julian, because if you if you look at those four wins that you that you just read off to mm-hmm. me, and you now have to go play a Rutgers team who is is barely able to be considered a Division One college football program, and then you play Maryland at home, who there might not be five thousand people at that Maryland game in Spartan yeah. Stadium, given many different circumstances. If that's how you get to six wins, that's I mean you don't deserve to play in a bowl game. I would rather have Eastern Michigan win out and they go get six wins and they can take Michigan State's place. It's 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 just it's been such an embarrassing season, and I'll I'll go back to the Michigan game because we will have Eric Bach on later to talk bigger picture stuff. But this Michigan game, like I said, you're you're in it for a quarter and you looked you looked really good. You come out of the first mm-hmm. quarter winning seven nothing, and then ever you know ever since that point you you go downhill and it's it's just the same crap of you know the defense who you thought was supposed to be this unbelievable force even better than last year yeah you thought and i get you have injuries all over the field i know i get you lose joe bocce i i get that now your season you kind of you kind of wrap up the season after this game anyway you're just trying to get a win and not embarrass yourself but between the ohio state game the wisconsin game and the michigan game it's the blowouts. I mean, Penn State, you could throw in that category too because you were never in that game. And, and, and that, to me, is so uncharacteristic of Michigan State football. That's the that's – the, I don't think – is that like the second time that Mark D'Antonio's lost to Michigan by double digits? I think there's something like that. But I think that's, so. There's one game lost. that's, what, 33 to 17 or something like that? Maybe, a but that's, years he's, ago. he's never lost that bad to yeah. Michigan. And, you know, I understand it's a down year – but between the defense against the Michigan offense, I don't know if Shea Patterson has thrown over 200 yards this year in any game. I, I really think that was don't. his first, I think, over 300, over 200, something which, like that, which that at makes, home. That makes sense. I mean, 384 yards, man, I don't care. That, that to me, just shows that you flat-out quit. And you can talk all you want about the players because there's been many guys that have been disappointing this year. And my first guy would be Brian Lewerke. I've tried to defend Lewerke for the last three years now, however long he's been the starter. He was banged up last year, and that was my get-out-of-jail-free card for him because the year before he was awesome. And I don't know, man. He just he just seems to kind of drop back with this nonchalant presence of just, I'm going to stand here and I'm going to get the ball out real quick when I have to. There's just no – I don't mean to pick on college athletes who – you know they don't they don't get paid. They go to class mm-hmm. just like you and I do, and they have to do this. But it's just you know, come on, man. No one no one's out there making plays. They just quit. They quit. There was no energy, and you've said that for weeks now about how this team comes out to play. And my last thing before I turn it over to you <clears throat> is when you look at the stuff like that that's wrong with this team. That to me, if you want something to hang your hat on, coaching wise, that is a direct. That comes from the top down. I don't know what gets said in the locker room. I don't know what gets said after losses. I don't know what gets said before games. 
But when you go in at halftime and you're looking at you, you're you're a touchdown away, a Michigan touchdown away from really having this thing get out of hand. What do you say? What adjustments do you make? Mm-hmm. I mean, the defense was was bad all day. It's been bad for weeks. I don't know where they rank statistically as far as total defense. It can't be great. They get cut up through the air. They now get cut up on the ground when you're supposed to have this unbelievable run defense. In the offensive side of the ball, you make no adjustments ever. And I I, I want to say that it, the offense is better than last year, but I don't know if I can sell you that because a lot of it looks the same. There's no production. Lewerke doesn't look very good. Your playmakers and Cody White, Daryl Stewart's obviously hurt. Uh, you can barely the offensive line. I don't know if there's a single guy that started the season that's still on the offensive line. It's a mess. So if you want to point the finger at all these things of like, look, the injuries, you know, you lose a captain, you know, there's this, there's that. At the end of the day, your your Michigan State football, your identity now is completely lost. And if 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 you consider Michigan State a football powerhouse, which granted in the Mark D'Antonio era. It was, you know, he he came into a bad product. He turned things around. Now it's all coming full circle. But I don't know, man. I I told you guys last week that I, you know, I was I trusted Coach D to get this thing turned around next year. I don't know if he can. Bottom line, that's all I got so far. <laughs> no, I you you hit the nail on the head. And I think the biggest thing for me is that you look at this. And and to me, I think one one of the first things that, as I've always said, and as you said, has been the energy. But the more and more you continue to watch and you continue to look at it, and you look at the teams that Michigan State has beaten this season and the teams that have blown them out this season, the difference is talent. And this is a program, a Michigan State program, where D'Antonio built this program on taking guys who were underrated, who were not the best players in their class, in the country, yep. even in their state, and building them into NFL players, players who are going to go to the league. And that is something that I think has stopped in these last few years or so. The ability to develop players and bring them to another level. I mean, Brian Lewerke has been here now four years and where has he gone in those four years? Some would say he's gotten worse. Regressed, if anything. Yeah, over the course of his career. He has gotten worse. Cody White was supposed to be a guy who's putting up all Big Ten numbers this year. Where has he gone? It's just you continue to look, and you look around it, and you say, okay, who are guys who are going to go to the NFL for Michigan State? You look at Bocce, you look at Willikis, you look at Raekwon Williams, and these are all guys who have had worse seasons than last year. And maybe part of that is just because of the injuries that have happened to the line, injuries across the board, coaching problems. But the fact that there has been no player that has taken the next step that has been developed over their time here in Michigan State is a problem. And I think you look at this Michigan game and you look at some of the plays that were made. There are so many times where the Spartans are sending one at the ball, should be an easy tackle. Yep. And then a receiver just makes a play and goes around. Like, how many times can you look at a Michigan State game and say, oh, those other guys just made plays because I I don't think I think in some regard yes the defense especially the DBs and the corners have put themselves in bad situations and have been burned but I think a lot of the times it has also been receivers on the opposing team just making plays because yeah. they just have better athletes and better players and I think that's what it comes down to is that Michigan State has built this program D'Antonio has built this program on building players up and there's no more building players up anymore. I don't think you're you're not going to win anymore draft or uh recruiting two stars and hoping you can turn them into five stars. Right. Like there's no more Connor Cooks now who you're like, "Oh, he's undervalued. Bring him yeah. to Michigan State, going to turn him into something great." There's no more of that anymore. 
And I think that is the problem, is that the talent level just isn't coming to East Lansing anymore. And that is, I don't know how you begin to fix that. I don't know where you go from here. But you look at the Ohio States, the Michigans of the world, these guys are all five stars. I mean, Fields is a guy who came from Georgia to Ohio State. He is highly touted, highly recruited. He's No one like that is saying, mm, let me go to East Lansing. And a part of that is the way that D'Antonio and uh, offensive uh, Brad Salem choose to run this offense because no really great quarterback is going to play in this. No one wants to say, oh, yeah, sure, I'll come and I'll help run the ball 100 times a game. It's not going to happen. You Elijah, I think Elijah Collins is a big one, too. This is a guy who everyone's like, oh, he could be the next LJ. He could be he could be a great back. And I feel like he's gotten worse over the course of the season. I mean, you you laugh when you look at the stat, but it's right. 12 carries, 27 yards. Like, what? I, I just... No, nothing is getting better in East Lansing. And I, I don't know what the answer is. I don't know where you move from from here. Because D'Antonio isn't going to be fired. And right. I think that's just clear as day. He's not going to be fired. Um, so I don't know whether that means he's going to get rid of the staff, whether they're going to tell him to get rid of the staff. But for what I know, from what I feel, I don't I don't think he's going to be gone. Yeah, and, and, you know, obviously that's something that Bill Beekman was very adamant about. And, and, and you're right. Obviously that's a – he's not going to get fired. He's not going to get fired. So you have to – if you're someone that wants him out, you have to hope he retires. Yeah. Or, or, I mean, that's it, or resigns, whatever, even if he goes somewhere else, which I don't think he will. Um, you, you brought up two really good points there about, first of all, recruiting is obviously huge. And that's, as you said, it's been their MO. We don't need the five stars. And you, you always, you, you know, you have to fight that uphill battle when you have Michigan down the road in Ohio. It ju- it's just the nature of the beast. Michigan, whether you think they're delusional or not, which for the most part, I think they are, they have this blind arrogance about their program of like mm-hmm. them like this is Michigan and somehow they still sell it like me as a I like to think that I'm pretty well put together and mentally stable enough to recognize that Michigan hasn't really done anything since like my dad's bar mitzvah but they somehow sell it and I look at Michigan State's you know recruiting and they've you know they've had some good players come through here Ohio State's always you know they 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 land Ohio that's the biggest challenge that Michigan has too is getting mm-hmm. the kids from Ohio uh-huh. Michigan State gets the scraps whatever but I look at your recruiting and some of your position groups the offensive line at Michigan State you've had a couple names come through here I mean they they stink like Jim Bowman has never been able to recruit for the offensive line. They don't get better, they don't mm-hmm. develop, and they don't get talent here. Like Devontae Dobbs, I believe correct, the freshman that's on the offensive line that they're playing now. I think that's his first name. I know his last name's Dobbs, but it just shows how much I care about this team. <laughs> like that's your that's your probably your biggest splash in recruiting for the offensive line. Maybe your your entire recruiting class of this year what, what was him, and you know he got a, he's getting a couple games under his belt. But Jim Bowman hasn't done anything for you on your offensive line. Uh, I look your tight ends. I don't think Mark Staten's is a is a great recruiter at all at the tight end. But I don't think the tight end group is anything special either. Yeah. Even wide receivers, Don Treadwell. What have you done for me lately? Like Felton Davis is obviously a name that that now is not you know he's. On an NFL roster, but he's not doing anything special. You know, uh, Cody White's a guy that was supposed to be incredible for you that comes in. It was him and, and DPJ over at Michigan. Like, mm-hmm. that was like, and, and Cody White had the leg up on him for, for years. Now DPJ is like the number one guy in Michigan. Yeah. He looks great. So, and you look too, position wise, again, Dave Warner is your quarterback's coach now, a guy that many people, including myself, wanted gone from the program. So, 
the the thing here is, and I think Antoine Simmons had a had a great a great point when he was talking about to the to the media yesterday after the game of just saying, you know, I I trust in Coach D. I wouldn't be here if I didn't. I, I genuinely believe that these kids still buy in. But if they don't have the help from their position coaches and, and the coaching staff as a whole to get any better, you know, there's not much they can do. Mm-hmm. But but and so that's my biggest thing again is I don't mind D'Antonio being here next year, but you have to make some changes because it's the from the play on the field each week, it's been the same. Nothing's changed, nothing's improved. From last year, coaching staff wise, nothing's changed, nothing's improved. And as, as I've said before, the definition of insanity is doing the, the same, same thing. thing over and over again and expecting a different result. This program has gone insane. Coach D'Antonio, as you've said before, has gone from this viewed as this messiah, this smart, intelligent football coach to being like a senile old man. And I hate to put that on him because he's the best coach that you've ever had here at Michigan State and probably the best coach you will ever get. Because as I say all the time, too, the grass is not always greener. It's really not. So the other point you brought up, too, is about people making plays. There were several times in that game where I just feel like passes were thrown and receivers are, you know, like one little stretch away from making a play. There's just no one yeah. makes plays on this team. They don't. I don't know if it's that they don't care or they're not good enough, but no one makes plays. And as I'm, we're just rambling on and on about this team now at nauseum, I, 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 I just I don't know where you go from here. Your recruiting has stunk as of late. That should be your first priority, or even more so, you need to get these people out of here. These the the same coaches that have been making the same mistakes for years now. It's time to clean up. That's that's part of your recruiting, your coaching staff. Yeah. Who can you sell? And that Michigan game, give credit where credit's due. Michigan has figured it out in the last couple of games here. I don't know if I can sell you that they're going to play Ohio State and somehow compete in that game because I genuinely think Ohio State's the best team in the country. So I can't sell you that. But Michigan football has been able to figure it out in the last couple of games here. You know, they, they rolled over Notre Dame. They rolled over Michigan State. Could have could have won the Penn State game. Obviously, the Wisconsin game is a different story, but good for them. They beat us, and Michigan State looked like little brother yesterday. They did. Yeah, and I think I think part of it is, you know, you can argue whether Michigan football is any good and whether, you know, what have they done in the past few years? But I think the one thing that they have consistently beat Michigan State in is just no matter whether they lose, no matter whether they fail to expectations, they have remained relevant and will continue to remain relevant. Whatever you think of Harbaugh, whatever you think of what he does at Michigan, everything that he does, his name, the brand, the M, all of that will continue to remain relevant. And if you look at wherever MSU is going to head these next couple of years, you're heading towards irrelevancy. Right. That's a perfect way to put it. And you're right. Again, no matter what, and Michigan State fans, including myself, love to talk about, it's just the way that Michigan builds themselves up as being this great program, which they're really not anymore. But you're right. You win nine games a year. You win ten games a year. You're, you know, you're, you're right in the thick. Uh, granted, Michigan's record against Michigan State in the last decade or so hasn't been great. But like you said, they're relevant. They don't have three and nine seasons. They're not four and six right now looking at their last two games. So you're right. It's embarrassing. And I think McCray put it best. And I, he put it, I'm going to mix up at least part of his words that he put in our group chat. But he said it right. If you are a relevant, competent program that wants to contend and wants to be in it, 
having D'Antonio having this staff being okay with what's going on here is absolutely ridiculous. Like, name me a program that is relevant, that is top tier, that is national, that would continue to let this happen for the last couple of years. And I think that's just point blank and simple what it is. You're right. Absolutely. Well, we will move on from Michigan State football now. Eric Bach joining us later in the show. Uh, we'll get back to it. Let's talk some Michigan State basketball. Basketball season. How about that? It's bad. That was what I was saying all day yesterday. I was like, yeah, it's, it's basketball, basketball season. Like, I don't know what you're talking about. Like, yeah, Michigan, whatever. Yeah, basketball season. Uh, two big wins for Michigan State. Uh, we'll talk about the most recent one here uh, in an instant classic, in my opinion. 76-73 to 73 win over Seton Hall. That game was on, what, Thursday? Yeah, it was Thursday game. Thursday, 8.30 tip. It seems like it was forever ago. I aged very much in that I aged. game. Uh, but 76-73 win over Seton Hall. Cassius Winston, by the way, 20, 20, or first of all, 21 points, 4 assists, 2 rebounds in that game against Seton Hall. I, I, I do not know how this kid, and I say kid as he's the same age as me, I do not know how he is doing what he's doing. Between all he's gone through in the past week and week and a half with the passing of his brother, and all the media attention that comes from that where, you know, at a certain point during these games, you're kind of like, I wish they would just stop talking about it. Yeah. But it's it's simply amazing. Not even the fact that this this guy continues to put up 20-plus points a game and is the leader that he is, but the fact that he's even playing and playing at this level and making the trips with the team, he's just cut from a different cloth, man. And I'll tell you what, it's been a pleasure to watch him play here the last couple of years, and he will go down in history as probably being a lot of people's favorite Spartan of all time, let alone Spartan basketball player, let alone his talent of being one of the best, but just favorite human beings to be on this campus. Whatever NBA team is lucky enough to have him in the locker room, I mean, good for them. But I I cannot overstate enough how impressed I am and just gives you some real perspective on life about what human beings are capable of doing. I could, I, if I were to ever go something and God forbid I ever do, I don't know what I would do. I don't think I could move, but he's out there playing basketball. So Cassius Winston, if you're listening to the show, we love you. We appreciate you. And we're always yeah. thinking of you and your family, but that was just incredible in my opinion, what he's been able to do the last couple of games. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree with you. And I definitely, the biggest thing that I took, cause I went to, to practice it was availability. Uh, I think it was Wednesday or Tuesday of this week and you know everyone's asking the question of will Winston go like and you know you don't really think about what it takes for him to leave like he hopped on a plane and left his family just and I don't want to say alone but he let he had to leave them he was away from yeah. them during this time and like you said if this was happening to me I wouldn't be able to move let alone hop on a plane, leave my family, and think about basketball right and the incredible amount of strength it takes to show up and the biggest thing is for for this period of time, what he's been going through, he has still been Michigan State's most consistent player. Yeah, somehow, like it makes no like for anyone to say to have a down game or to just not play with the energy and the emotion, you would ha- you would be okay with it being Winston, and yeah. yet he has continued to show up each and every game, and I mean, it just a testament to him, to his family, to the strength that they have, and and this. I think it's it's one of the beautiful things of basketball that this has been kind of a place I think for him yes to get away from it. Absolutely. I agree. Another another big storyline too out of that game, Malik Hall, 5 rebounds, 17 points in 19 minutes. The kid did not miss a shot. 
unbelievable. That was like in a game where where I I'm watching that game. Like I said, I took years off my life because <laughs> it felt like March. It did. In my, was it, really it was game. it yeah. was a back and forth, high energy, high pace. I was I was cheering, screaming. I was borderline tears. But Malik Hall comes off the bench, scores his first point of the season, and then he gives you 15 more. And then essentially, you know, kind of sealed the deal there with the with this uh, little lay in at the end. Yeah. Um, he's the he's the real deal. I I have I think. I mean, the biggest question is who's going to play in that in that four slot. And he and I think Izzo has also said, but he's been one of the guys that I think can make that move mm-hmm. because I think you look at what you lose with Kenny Goins and you lose rebounding and you lose three point shooting and that ability to spread the floor. And Hall, you know, he brings it from his high school stats. You look at it, forty four percent on threes in high school and his last year of high school ball. And then he comes here, he's a guy he can stretch the floor. He plays with energy. He plays with passion. He plays with heart and. That was evident in this game against yeah. Seton Hall, and I think you look at this and you you look at the players that you're bringing out, and the biggest thing for Michigan State going forward is who is going to be that other piece. Right. And if you get a guy like Malik Hall to, I mean, he's not going to put up 17, he's not going to be crazy every single night, but somebody who can be a pick-and-pop player, who can knock down the three, who can knock down his shots when it's open, is just is huge. And I, that ability to stretch and that pick-and-pop ability with Winston is huge for this Michigan State team. And I want to mention, too, Miles Powell for Seton Hall, 37 points in 33 minutes, six rebounds, two assists, and a bad ankle, too. Incredible to watch. Un- Very absolutely scary. Absolutely unbelievable. Very scary. I, I, I would like to—I I can't wait to see where Seton Hall ends up at the end of the season because I was telling you in the car today, too, I think without Miles Powell, they still put up a fight. I mean, that team is— That's a good team. —is really polished. Um, so very impressed with them. Uh, my question to you here as we, we get into this game, Marcus Bingham had three minutes in this game. I know that Izzo said that, you know, they— uh, they felt that he, his, as far as his skill set goes, not a great fit for him to be in that game. I think it was, it was such an athletic and fast-paced game that I don't think Bingham really fit into the into the scheme there. And again, you got other guys that step up to play great. Where do you think Marcus Bingham's role is in this team, especially now you've seen that you know they can survive without him on the floor? What do you think his role is on this team, and how do you expect him to be involved in the rotation in the coming games? Well, that's, I think, one of the more interesting pieces. And I think if you look at where Michigan State is going, that four slot is going to continue to be, until someone pushes themselves as that person, it's going to be a by committee. And I think Kithu will probably retain the starts, but you'll see Hall get more minutes yep. now. And being a necessarily will take a dip in minutes. And I don't think it's anything to do with his production because I think he has been good. Uh, I definitely think... Especially if you, and I, I'm not going to say Malik Hall was perfect in this one because he did have some mistakes, but with Bingham, at least for right now, from what we've seen, you're still going to deal with that 50-50 good plays, 50-50 bad plays. Right. Because he does, while he does good things, does make some mental errors that can, you know, put you in some bad spots. Um, and I think I like, for me, I really like the way Malik Hall defended. I think he was good at not fouling. He went up straight. He was good at staying there, coming off help. Um, and I think there, those are some areas that Bingham is going to have to work on and get towards, but I still think he'll have a spot in here as they'll look to figure out who is that secondary four. Um, but I think for now he takes a drop while Malik Hall takes that step up. Do you feel right now from watching the team so far as far as their play style and, and where their shortcomings are, how bad does this team miss Josh Langford right now? They miss him pretty badly. <laughs> yeah. Pretty badly. And I think – at least for right now, judging obviously a very small sample size, but the biggest thing for me with this Michigan State team is who else is going to play. 
I think you know what you're getting from Cassius Winston night in and night out. You know he's going to yep. give you 20 points. He's going to knock down big shots when you need it. He's going to be there. He's going to be consistent. But the thing is, who is going to be that secondary person? And you look at Aaron Henry, and he had it for some moments. Uh, nine points, three six from the field. He also did hurt, I think, both of his ankles he hurt in that game. Rocket Watts is starting to look a little good, look a little bit better. Still struggling a bit from the field, still making some bad decisions. Um, but he's getting there. My biggest thing has been Xavier Tillman has not been great so yes. far to start this season. And the the thing for me is I think teams are figuring out what Michigan State likes to do between him and Cassius. And that pick and roll, and I think part of it is the length of Seton Hall, but it it's not working to the ability that it's supposed to. And I also think when Winston's out of the game. Tillman has got to do something in the post. Yeah. And like I said, part of it's the length that that Seton Hall brought, but he showed no ability to work down low in the game against Seton Hall. And I think that is a big, big sign if you're looking towards the rest of the season as to what Xavier Tillman is going to do and who he's going to be. Uh, And so the biggest thing for me is that secondary scoring ability. I don't think, too, that, or one of the, I guess one of the things that maybe you could call positives that you've seen from the team, and it could be a negative, too, in the same breath. I don't really think that anyone's had their, uh, granted you're what three four games in. Yeah. I don't think anyone's really played their best game yet. And by that I mean I don't think anyone's really playing up to their full potential. You know, mm-hmm. there's still turnover issues with Cassius here and there. Uh Bingham as you said a great way to put it, you know, he's got a 50-50 shot of making a bad play. Tillman's still sometimes sloppy with the ball. He hasn't yeah. really shown up this year. Aaron Henry, of course, getting a little bit banged up in that Seton Hall game. Couldn't really go at full force. Um, Gabe Brown hasn't really hit his stride yet. So there, it feels to me like they're still just working through the kinks of, of really getting into true regular season form here. And that could be a positive. I mean, it's, it's, it's a negative thing in the sense that you wish these guys would play a bit better. Not that they've been bad by any stretch of the imagination, but... I think it's an optimistic thing to look at. Like there is still so the ceiling for this team is so so high, and one of the great takeaways from the Seton Hall game is that's a game like look it's it's what the third fourth game of the season. Mm-hmm. You know you're it's a tough game. That place was loud. They packed the Prudential Center. It was awesome to see. Great environment against a tough Seton Hall team and a program that's been a a solid basketball program for years and years. You know, you could have laid down. You got the catches thing going on, but they fought in the game, and that's in game. What are they played three games or four games? Uh, three. Yeah, yeah, they're two or four yeah. if you yeah, yeah, the exhibition. But you, I mean, like in, in game three, you're already seeing that from this team, and they can just fight and be resilient. And you're probably gonna have to see Kansas, and you're gonna see Duke here in the next month. And I, that's the one thing that I love about how this team sets their schedule is they see these tough contests early, and it's only going to make your team better in the long run. Now, the question is, is can they sustain this? And you, you don't know, of course, people get injured. Um, you, you have no idea what jo- Josh Langford's status is, but I think it's got to be a pretty positive thing right now if you're a Michigan State basketball fan. No, 100%, because I think you, you look at and like you said, this is a game where if you go down and you just lay down, it's acceptable because this is an acceptable loss on the road. First road game up, first true road game of the season. Whatever you want to say about Kentucky, that's a neutral site. They walked in the Prudential Center. It was loud. It was packed. Seton yep. Hall wanted this win, and it would have been acceptable. It would have been an acceptable loss early in the season to take, but instead, don't play the best game, but continue to just fight. Like I think that is the one thing where if you look at, at basketball teams throughout a season – the one thing that you're trying to build up, even if you have the talent, is building up that that character and that grit. And the fact that this team has it, 
already. But the thing that you got to build up is getting that talent level right, getting those yep. rotations right, getting that going. Like that is a very good sign um, as you look to go and make a uh, make a run in March. Michigan State will take on Charleston Southern tomorrow at the Breslin at 6.30. If your coach is out here in a game that, again, you look at it kind of like a Binghamton game or probably a game that you're going to – well, I shouldn't say that because Kentucky uh, had a little, little tough time against Evansville or Evansville. Evanston or whatever, whatever team that was. That's tough luck. Tough luck for Michigan State, too, to lose that game to Kentucky, but whatever. <laughs> uh, it happens sometimes. It, it does. You're right. Uh, against Charleston Southern tomorrow, if your coach Izzo, obviously a game where you're probably not going to need your starters to go the entire game. What are some things that you're looking for uh, if you're making coaching decisions? You know who who would you like to see get more minutes tomorrow, and, and what are some positives that you hope to take away after this game tomorrow? Um, I think for one, you want to start looking at maybe defining some of who's going to play most of the four. Uh, Especially with the way he played against Seton Hall, I'd look at Malik Hall, give him some more time, see if he can keep it going for a game or two. Um, I definitely, I think you look at a Bingham and say, okay, let's see what you got for me. You didn't play as much in Seton Hall. Is that going to kind of light a spark for this next game? See how you play. Um, I think my biggest thing so far is trying to get Rocket Watts comfortable. Mm -hmm. Um, I think still early on, he looks like he's just moving too fast. Um, and I think the biggest thing for him when a guy who's that athletic is learning not to always play the game at 100 miles an hour yeah. and to have the ability to slow down, then go. Like, the ability to change speed sure, sure. is going to be huge, and I think for him, you want to give Winston less minutes and just see what he can do because I think we've looked at Foster Lawyer a couple times this season and he just hasn't been it, and so you're going to look at Rocket Watts to kind of be a guy to be comfortable to get that going, and so I look at that. Um, depending on how Henry is and how his ankles feel, I look to get Henry going a bit. I think he hasn't played kind of to where he wants to play so far this season. So you just see what he can do. Right. See where he's at. Give him comfortable. Get him some rhythm um, as you head into Maui. Is the Impact His Own podcast in full spring again? We are in full spring, uh, recording tomorrow. So an episode will be out tomorrow, kind of recapping these games and then the game on Monday. Excellent. Check it out. Unbelievable podcast. One of the best here that we have at the station. Oh, wow. Too kind. Too kind. Well, shameless plug. I have to. I, I appreciate to. it. I look I out for each it. other. Thank you. Of course. Motown Rundown. Best show. Thank you. We have Best tough, show. Winning tough... an MAB award this year. I hope Book so. I ho- I'd be upset if we didn't. We gotta, we gotta, we gotta figure that out too. Yeah, we do. Are we funny enough to? We gotta win something this year. We should I. win something. I gotta think of something. We had well the segment we had last year was great. Trying to find you the NFL. I don't know if we can top that ever again. But that was pretty good. Either way, we we digress. We will go to a quick break here, folks. We have a lot to do on the other side of this break, starting with Michigan State hockey and some national headlines we want to discuss. If you don't mind. If you don't mind, I'll touch on it. Uh, if you want to tweet us, at WDBM Sports is the handle, hashtag GW Report. Uh, text us today. Well, yeah, we're no need to call. Text us. we got our phones on Do Not Disturb. 517-884-8989. We'll be right back, folks. This is the Green and White Report. Excuse me, everyone. Can I have your attention, please? Thank you all for coming out tonight. I have a big announcement to make. The Impact and I are getting married! Now you've got even more reasons to love The Impact. We've got prizes, great shows, and stunning good looks. But that's not all. Check out our website at impact89fm.org for exclusive videos, music and concert reviews, local current events, and more. It's easy to see why people fall in love with The Impact. 89FM. That's the sound of your classmate receiving an attachment of you posing in your underwear. Your ex-boyfriend forwarding the picture to his friends. It being sent to your coach. And worst of all, your dad. All because of the time you posted those pictures on your profile. 
Anything you post online, anyone can see. So think before you post. For more information, visit www.cybertipline.com. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Justice, the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children, and the Ad Council. Impact 89 FM. Bringing you sports updates this Sunday and every Sunday. This is the Impact Sports Update. MSU basketball won in a thriller Thursday night, defeating number 12 ranked Seton Hall 76-73. Cassius Winston led the Spartans with 21 points, while Malik Hall added 17 more off the bench. The number 3 ranked Spartans will go on to play Charleston Southern tomorrow night. At home, tip-off is set for 6.30. Michigan State football fell in a rivalry game in Ann Arbor, losing to Michigan 44-10. The game marks the Spartans' fifth straight loss and drops the record down to 4-6. MSU will now go on to play Rutgers this Saturday. Kickoff set for 12 p.m. The Michigan State women's basketball team defeated number 15 ranked Notre Dame on Thursday night, winning 72-69 in South Bend. The number 16 ranked Spartans moved to 3-0 on the season as they prepare to host Oakland on Tuesday. Hip-hop set for 7 p.m. I'm Henry Menegos with your Impact Sports update. For more, visit impact89fm.org sports. Hank pulling double duty today. What a legend. Unbelievable, dude. I can't, I was like shocked when I heard the music. I was like, who's doing updates? Yeah. And it's just Hank again. But yeah, the man I want to add, it's, it's, it's lonely on this side of glass today, boys. Oh, he had Bach in there for I a second. I had Bach in there for a little bit, but I think he's tired or something. He was quiet. Put uh, put your jersey in the rafters there. We're going to, we're going to, we're going to audible too, by the way. I'm just so, yeah, hey, we're calling an audible. Call an audible. We're going to get Bach, Omaha. we're going to get Bach on here in a second. Uh, we're going to do some Michigan State football part two. Uh, and then we'll do our headlines later. So to everyone that's now tuned in on the edge of their seat waiting for headlines, I'm sorry. I lied to your face. I'm not happy about it. We'll get it's past okay. it. It's all right. We'll move past it. It's just a little rough patch in our relationship, but, you know, we'll, we'll get past we'll, it. We'll get past it. Uh, but before we get Bach on here, let's talk to Michigan State hockey because they actually got the job done twice. this weekend. Twice. Not once, but twice. My, my mic. Oh, I freaked out for a second. Sorry. <laughs> I think I broke the mic. By the way, new new mic cover. Do appreciate that. That's big time. Was, yeah, you I were, came in here and it was falling. You've been apart. stressing about that for weeks. Yes, but anyway, uh, at least one team beat Michigan this weekend. Michigan State hockey swept the Wolverines. Uh, they won Game Two, three nothing last night at home. They beat the Wolverines four to three on Thursday night in Ann Arbor. Sold out crowd at Mun. Unbelievable to Unbelievable. see the first sweep of Michigan since two thousand nine. If you can believe that, that's incredible. I love it. I'm glad I'm al- I was alive for it. I'm glad I was alive. Uh, hats off to the Spartans there. Um, we'll talk a little bit about the game last night again in East Lansing. Biggest thing for me, uh, Patrick Kodoranko, Mitchell Lewandowski, your two guys, and you probably hear these names all the time, Julian. These yeah. are your two guys on that top line, uh, and they've now since moved Mitchell Lewandowski back up to that top line with Kodoranko. Zero points from that from those two guys in that first line, which is incredible because to still win that game three nothing. Obviously, you have to get points elsewhere. So Josh Nodler tips one in two minutes into the game with an unbelievable start there. Austin Kamer gets his first of the season. Then Tommy Apap seals the deal with that third goal there, which I think is 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 one of the biggest positives that you can now take away because the story has been, especially last year when you had that line of Kodarenko, Lewandowski, and Hiroshi, was where are you going to get production anywhere else on this yeah. team? And for the most part, I think that the defensive core has been 
has shown you enough between Rosberg and Sasan on the top pair, uh, the Krieger twins on pair two, and then Butrus Kafari, who's really stepped up in a big role here, playing on that third line with Tommy Miller. Again, Tommy Miller, a guy who was playing on that first line his freshman year, so you obviously have a very capable defenseman there on that third line. Uh, that's really where I think you hang your hat defensively. Uh, Michigan State, a team that's now 5-5 five and five on the year and 3-1 and one in Big Ten play, which I always that's say the, the Big Ten is the toughest conference yeah. in hockey, in my opinion. So that's huge to now see is the guys that I named that have stepped up there and they've kind of been shifting guys through the lines there. Sam Saliba, obviously a big leader on this team, being one of the captains, has kind of moved uh, through lines two and three throughout the season. But the bottom line here, my takeaway from this is, you know, I remember Jason Ruff, who is, is our, our big hockey impact guy that was here a couple of years ago. Uh, he, you know, he sold us that in four years Michigan State would be competing for a national championship. I don't know if they're there quite yet, <laughs> uh, and they and they really aren't, but... Um, this this team winning two games like that against a rival, but but completing a sweep against any team, is so big for the confidence. And I think that's one of those things that this Michigan State hockey team really needs is that confidence to know, like, look, we play in a very very tough hockey conference, but at this point, you know, you're now competing to be the best hockey team in your state, which you're making a case for now, you know, through about ten games this season. And obviously, beating Michigan helps with that too. Um, but you know we're we're trying to compete in the Big Ten, and they've spent the last couple of years bottom feeding in the Big Ten, and it happens. You know uh, teams go through their ebb and flows, and of course, there's a Michigan State team who won a national championship in '07 and has a pretty pretty solid hockey history. Um, but and I don't know if Michigan State is quite there yet as far as being a premier program, but you're at least making strides. And Danton Cole has talked about this at length about priding themselves on on, on being the hardest working team on the ice everyone doing their job, and I really think everyone's bought into this program. Um, last night, too, 5-for-5 five five on the penalty kill, which is is huge. Johnny Lethman, 35-save shutout for him, his second shutout in three games. Another big question mark, too, coming into the season, we've yeah. talked to Ryan Collins about this, is who's taking the net? And Lethman being your senior goaltender, Drew DeRitter in his second year now, last year they kind of played you know, chicken with, you know, they, they, they rotate the goalies and, you know, as Collins likes to say, if you have two goalies, do you really have one, which is a fair point. And so now that you've seen Lethman step up huge in his stats, now he's got a 2.31 goals against average and a 9.36 save percentage, which comes off of those, obviously, a, a, a great three-game three game stretch for him. I think, in my opinion, he's the guy that you have to put in the net regardless. I mean, you have to ride the hot hand. He's been hot. He's he's made strides every single year since he's been he's been here at Michigan State, and to have two big wins like that against Michigan and Michigan not a tremendous year for them. They're three seven and two overall, oh five one and oh in the Big Ten play. So I don't want to say that you take these wins with a grain of salt because your identity as Michigan State hockey is pretty comparable to what Michigan is right now. I mean, it's you know they. They've Michigan, you know, of course, going through some growing pains with some with some new coaching and 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 some new players in that roster. But I, I'm very impressed, honestly. And and if anything, to take away from this this series is, I hope that people now notice Michigan State hockey is like, look, they can get the job done. I don't care that Michigan doesn't have a great record. It's the same way with football. You throw the records out and you play the game, and anybody can beat anyone on any given day. Of course, the football team can't ever. And this box <laughs> shaking his head emphatically over here. But as far as hockey is concerned, you know, you like there's there's legit hockey to watch in East Lansing. There is. I mean, you have you know Jagger Joshua is a, a guy who I really enjoy watching. I, I I grew up playing in a similar area as him, so that's a guy who has his time. 
uh, develops here over Michigan State will be a, a tremendous piece for this team. Uh, but but seriously, if you if you got nothing going on on Friday nights, I go check out the hockey team because I know I I don't know if I mentioned on the show. Someone told me a while ago they were selling beer at Mun now, and that's just completely not true. Yeah, so, that's just a false statement. I've told like, everyone, like, oh, they got beer. Like, yeah. So <laughs> either way, uh, it, it's great hockey to watch. Uh, I, very, very impressed, and I would even say proud uh, of this team for for digging deep and getting getting six big points on the weekend. Uh, they now face Notre Dame. Uh, they will take them on at home next weekend or this coming weekend, Friday and Saturday games, both at 7 p.m., both at Mon. Notre Dame, I believe, is ranked like number four in the country. Yeah, really great good. team. Really great, good hockey team. Great helmets, great hockey team. Uh, that, that comes in. Uh, Kale Morris. I don't. I swear this guy has been on Notre Dame in the net for ten years, but he's <laughs> still here. He's still really, really good. So they got a test. I, I think that's a series that you look at. And if you can split those games, I'm very happy with it. I'm sure. You know, if depending on how Friday night's game goes, I, I would assume that Dan Cole throws Leftman in the net. I don't know if you'll see because that's the thing. Though I don't know. How he'll manage the goaltenders if if Lethman drops a game Friday night, I think he at least deserves to come back Saturday because Notre Dame is that good. Um, but you have a big test there, and it doesn't get much easier. I mean, after you see Notre Dame, you got two games against Ohio State. You see Wisconsin. You see Arizona State, who has really come onto the scene as a very very solid program there. And then you roll into the GLI against Michigan Tech. Yeah, man, just Big Ten play. Minnesota, Wisconsin, Penn State. It doesn't it doesn't get much better. So we'll see what this team's made out of. But again. Two big wins on the weekend, sweeping Michigan for the first time since 2009. Very proud of them. Incredible. Very big. Very big. And I think the biggest thing for me watching this hockey team, and the wins are big, but the the fight they've put up. Like, this is a team who last year probably would have been shut out. Yeah, by I Michigan, agree. By the, but they You're put up right. fights against Cornell. They go out You're and right. they sweep Michigan. Like, no matter where Michigan is as a program— to to put up what was it you said seven on the weekend or six on the weekend yeah seven seven goals uh, seven, seven goals, goals four three goals against I mean it's it's huge it's huge and Letheman he went in goal and he was great I mean that second period first period was great defensively only eight shots for Michigan fifteen in the second like he took it thirty five for yep. saves and a shutout big that's huge we're rolling again good thing that uh, one team beat Michigan because. Another team didn't, and that's where we bring on our friend Eric Bach as he's now, she's again, shaking his head. He's probably distraught. Long day for you yesterday in Ann Arbor. He's a celeb, too. You see, see the package put out by Griffin Stroin? He's well known around these parts. Of course. Oh, I did let's see that, not, actually. I did see not that. Go, You're let, Hollywood. Let's not oversell this. <laughs> Hollywood Eric Bach. Uh, how was yesterday? From a, from a professional standpoint. From a professional standpoint. Can you guys hear me? I yeah, can, okay. yeah, I got you. Yeah, yeah. Okay, Just we got well, we got sure. really bad. We have really bad headphones in here. Okay, it's one of the shortcomings of the station, but we're working on it. It's the flood, the great flood of yes, the summer exactly. of twenty. That's what we blame flood. everything yes, on, right? Exactly. Um, what was your question? Pro- How was it professional? Yeah, because I know I know the football wasn't great, but it looked like I I was watching your whole day on yeah, Snapchat. Oh probably, yes, probably a pretty cool experience there at the big house. It was it was a it was a good professional day for me. Uh, good, we. <laughs> Well, we had, as you saw, those who uh, endured all 12 minutes of my Snapchat story yeah. yesterday <laughs> yeah. um, saw that we our parking pass got provo- or revoked, <laughs> um, so we had to park at uh, our honorable leader, Joe Dandron's friend's apartment. We had to walk like about it. a mile in this <laughs> ice and snow, dragging the equipment to the stadium. We got there. We finally got up. They put us on the photo deck, which was good because there were big, I should have put this in the store, there were big heaters oh. on the ceiling. So I didn't even have to wear my coat. I just Beautiful. had my wow. I just had my suit coat, didn't have to wear my gloves. Beautiful. It was it was great. It was 
Uh, the, well, the food was meh. Uh, we got there, it was a little breakfast. Yeah, and then, then there was, yeah, exactly. Uh, wet hotel there was eggs. Some wet uh, eggs. Dehydrated eggs, some yeah. Wet eggs, a couple of bagels that were picked over by the time. We got there at like 1030, hmm. which, you know, 90 minutes before yeah. kick. It's, the food should, the selection <laughs> should be there, yeah. right? And so, and then they had like fried chicken for like 10 minutes, like 11, 11 o'clock before. So that ran out like like quick yeah then i go back up so then i go up at halftime we got a halftime show to do i'm running because we're we're a level above the press box so i had to go down yeah was running to get there so we had our halftime show to do and then they didn't they ran out of the fried chicken and so then we were waiting on hot dogs and the hot dogs (laughs) weren't coming and there were no tongs for the hot dogs the buns were all oh that's tough yeah so i hate to see it yeah, it was it was just, it was tough. Of course, that's just how the hospitality is over right. there. Right. So, I you didn't ask for this, but I'm going to rank the four road stadium foods oh, no, that we, we went to. I, I, I'm glad you brought this okay, up. Okay. Um. So number one for me, and this is a point of debate in those of us that traveled to all the games, <laughs> but number one for me is definitely Northwestern. Okay. We went there, you know, at the end of September, and they had a nice barbecue. The mac and cheese was it was to die for. There was col. I, I don't know if you guys are coleslaw guys. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, yeah. I, I'm a big coleslaw guy. Um, potato salad, coleslaw. Excellent. They had uh, flavored lemonades. Wow. Uh, hey, don't all forget t- the all, donuts. The oh, donuts oh yeah, Hank was there. I, that was that thing. Uh, yeah. <laughs> what, did you like? Did you like the barbecue at Northwestern? Oh, it was. I mean, I don't have much to compare it to. That yeah. was my first. That was my first. I mean, my bar was set. Oh my really god. High right. Right. Yeah. Okay. So Hank then. Hank wants caviar next game. Yeah. Say, exactly. Then I came to Spartan Stadium. Oh well, I'm getting there. Don't. Oh, just wait. Shout out to Spartan Stadium. No, okay. no, no dog in Spartan Stadium. I love the facility. Great place. Yeah. Well, the food. Just this is a food conversation, <laughs> yeah, Hank. You're, you're All right. So number two is Wisconsin. Same type of thing. Yeah. Uh, barbecue, wholesome mac and cheese. You know, Madison. Uh, they had all sorts of cheeses everywhere. Right. Um. Naturally, a, a lot of the guys thought that Madison was better. I. It was for me the difference between Northwestern and Madison were the uh, the flavor of the barbecue sauce. Mm. The the flavor of the barbecue sauce in Wisconsin was much sweeter. And it was like I don't know. It was it had a little bit of a different color to it. Okay. Okay. So then third place. Then so there's those two. Then there's ten feet of crap. And then there's number three, <laughs> Ohio State. McDonald's catering. Really? Yeah. I don't know. If and I like it was that. picked over by the time I got down there for halftime. I guess the moral of the story is you got to get down there before halftime. I mean, when That's you're fair. calling the game, there's no can't. You can't. You literally can't. But yeah. so they had uh, like smoothies, like a hundred smoothies. They had like those little orange frozen things. Yeah. Burgers. They had like a burger, McDonald's burger bar. Eh. McDonald's eh. burger bar. That's not desirable in any no, sense of the imagination. No, not no, 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 no. Bad enough getting an actually made burger from there. Right, right. And so, so then fourth is Michigan because of all the reasons I listed earlier. Yeah. And and then fifth, then ten more feet of crap. And fifth is Spartan Stadium. Aww. They give you these meal voucher <laughs> tickets. It's like it's like an actual concession stand oh, up there. So I, I mean, you guys have you ever been up there for no. football games? Yeah, I've been up there. Okay, I've never so been there. you got they give you these vouchers, but the voucher only gets you a brat, a hot dog, and what's the third thing, Hank? A pretzel. You get like a water. A pretzel. That's a pretzel. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah a pretzel. that's what it is. And so you get like two vouchers per person. Oh, okay. So you can get a free brat or a free hot dog or pretzel. Yeah. But then the rest of it you have to pay for. I have to pay four dollars for a bag of Skittles. <laughs> 
and a wa- <laughs> they do have free fountain drinks, but, yeah, good. which nice. is nice. That's nice. But which is another thing that doesn't make sense to me because you can get the free fountain drinks, but you also get a voucher for like water or something. Yeah. So like. Wh- yeah. Oh yeah. Why? The, there's a bottle of water on, is included in the voucher. Yeah, that just doesn't make sense to me because there's fr- yeah, like you said, it's free. Over yeah. There. What? I don't know. Stupid. But, hey, if you stay long enough, they do have pizza. Right, that's true, game. but the pizza is... Eh. Oh, and yesterday, that's another point in favor of Michigan. They had cottage in pizza in the press Ooh. box after the game. And okay. all types of flavors. There's Supreme, barbecue chicken. I, we, Alex McRae and I were the number one fans of that. We were <laughs> sitting there editing everybody's stories. But anyway. That's so, yeah, excellent. That's probably more interesting than the conversation we're about to have about the actual you, MSU you know football what? team. You know what? You might be right. And we are talking with Eric Bach here on Impact 89 FM, WDBM East Lansing for some legal. Michigan State football. Got the legal in Hawaii. Um, okay, so on to the football now, which, as you said, the food was probably uh, yeah. a, a bigger story than the football game. Um, it'll be very short and sweet here. Uh, not a great game. Uh, for your takeaways from, if any, if there's any positives, too, we'd love to hear them uh, from yesterday's loss to the University of Michigan. One positive. One, Julian Barnett. Okay, there's, I'll allow it. I'll allow there's it. Poten- there's potential. <laughs> you, we got to start with the positives, yeah. right? There's a a lot of potential for him to be a big time playmaker. I think if somebody can get him the football in space, which is a not a guarantee at all, but um, I think that I think that he is he's the real deal. And Elijah Collins is good too, but he doesn't have anybody blocking for him right yeah. now. So that that's my one positive, Julian Barnett. As far as the other things on the field. Yeah. The, as just, far as the rest of it. Just your, I mean, I, I know there's probably not a whole ton to break down X's and O's, and you're welcome to if you want. Obviously, you're a great football mind. But just from even being a Spartan fan, yeah. just looking at the outlook on how this team is, and we can get into the bigger picture stuff in a second. Yeah. But, I mean, how, how do you put into words how you felt watching the game yesterday? Well, I'm lucky enough to, for most of my lifetime, it's been kind of the other way. Yeah, for of yesterday, right? And so now it's like, hmm, this is this is what it's this is what it used to feel like as a Michigan State fan in this state, right? Yep. Before Mark D'Antonio got to East Lansing, mm-hmm. and so we've regressed back to that. I mean, the the last two years, if the last two years are any indication, I mean, you gained ninety three yards last year, and Michigan wasn't good last year, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, and they're a lot better now, I think. Yeah, uh, and um, obviously the the product shows, but. Jim Harbaugh has done what Jim Harbaugh did what Mark D'Antonio has to do, which is he threw, he waved the white flag of offense and brought in a, somebody new, Josh Gaddis. Now, it was a rocky start. I'll give you that. It was a it was a rocky start. I mean, they were turning the ball over. They didn't have any flow offensively. Their offensive line wasn't getting any push. They didn't have any identity at running back. They have a trio of Potentially all three NFL wide, maybe even four NFL wide receivers in Collins, Peoples-Jones, Ronnie Bell, who might be the best of them, and uh, Tariq Black. But they have finally found a way, and Shea Patterson's development has has brought them to, to this point. They found a way to... Yesterday looked like what Michi- offensively for Michigan, what Michigan fans, I think, envisioned when Josh Gaddis was brought to Ann Arbor, right? Yeah. And but credit to Jim Harbaugh, he might be a wacky kook of a man, but he has he has been able to adapt to the current landscape of college football a lot quicker and a lot more effectively than Mark D'Antonio has in the past. This is Harbaugh's fifth season in the past five years that D'Antonio and Harbaugh have been coaching against each other, and 
if D'Antonio doesn't adapt or change or leave one of the three, it, it, that's what has to happen. There has to be wholesale changes or D'Antonio needs to retire, right? I'm still of the belief that you can't fire him. You can't just say, Mark, you're gone. Yeah. But there has to be wholesale, philosophical, and recruiting. I feel like a broken record because I came on here on this show last yep. week and talked to you mm-hmm. about after we the feel Illinois the same game. Way. We right? Feel the same so, way. you know, I. Jim Harbaugh, to his credit, has adapted and has changed his offensive philosophy. They Defensively, they've got it kind of figured out. I mean, obviously, Ohio State kind of exposed Don Brown's defense last year, and they've had their a few hiccups, but most, most of the time in Harbaugh's tenure, the defense has not been the question. It's been the offense, right? right? And I feel like the Josh Gaddis-led offense is finally starting to, to catch fire here in mid-November. I mean, you saw... How about that RPO? With two and a half minutes to go, yeah. you're up 37-10, and you're running this RPO that we haven't seen the whole game for a wide-open touchdown? Good on you. Yeah. Why stop? <laughs> yeah. Why stop? Mm-hmm. Mark D'Antonio has tormented Michigan in his tenure, and yesterday was the opportunity for Michigan to kind of get back at him, and good on him for doing it. Did you feel coming into this game that the writing was on the wall yes. for this kind of game to happen? Yeah, even totally. a, Even a blowout like this. Well, I picked Michigan to cover 14.5 on the, on the SRZ this week. And boy, week. did they cover. Yeah. <laughs> Released Fridays on Impact 89FM. There's Love a shameless plug. plug. Absolutely. Um, shameless plug. So, um, I, I said, and we all of us on the show kind of agreed, that Michigan State was going to come out with some energy. Like, D'Antonio still has the ability to get them up for this game, at least in the beginning. And the first quarter showed that. I mean, Michigan State played really well in the first quarter, stopped Michigan on fourth down, marched it right down and punched in the end zone, yep. and was leading 7 nothing after one. So it's just it's kind of a pattern, though, because we saw this at Ohio State. Wisconsin, they didn't even show up at all. Illinois, they were awesome in the first half, but they don't have the execution ability, the coaching chops, whatever you want to however you want to phrase it. They don't have the ability to sustain a performance like that throughout four quarters. Mm-hmm. They just don't. It's like a quarter and a half at a time. And it might be the first quarter and a half. It might be the last quarter and a half. It's like they can't put together a full half of actual, like, reasonable, like, competent football, right? Yeah, sure. I, I, I'm mm-hmm. struggling to find the words. <laughs> about, there's only so many adjectives you can use. And it's just the state, there will be more days for Michigan State fans like yesterday if Michigan State does not adapt like now, change like now, because they have been royally passed up. Michigan has left now Michigan State in their dust on the football field. And that's, Mark D'Antonio came here to change that narrative, and he did, and now it's changed back, which which is sad to see. Yeah, and I think, I think the biggest question is you look at it and I mean, I guess, and it's a hard question to say because there's a lot of things that go into it. Mm-hmm. But why has that happened? I just, it, I mean, for people who are sitting there watching at home and they've seen what D'Antonio has done over the course of this past few years, it, I mean, for those casual fans, for those just watching, it probably seems strange yeah. how everything went from sunshine and rainbows yep. to now nothing but death and decay. It's Ooh. recruiting and player development. And Urban Meyer put it best yesterday when he, when Urban Meyer was coaching at Ohio State in the two years that Michigan State beat Ohio State teams that arguably could have won national championships sure. in 2013 in the Big Ten title game and in 2015 
and a team that had like 35 NFL players on it. <laughs> yeah. Seriously. Yeah. yeah. And um, so or he said yesterday that you don't see any NFL players on the field for Michigan State. They had two lockdown corners always. They had an offensive line that was just nasty that would just punch you in the mouth and get four yards in a, cl- in a cloud of dust if they had to. They had three NFL quarterbacks in Cousins, Connor Cook, and um, Brian Hoyer in the beginning of yeah. D'Antonio's mm-hmm. tenure, right? And so it's just there's there's been misses in recruiting. Obviously, the 2016 class has been highly publicized as it was – D'Antonio's highest, yeah. most heralded class. They raided Chicago and got all the best talent out of there, and only two people from that class remain, right? Yep. And, But you can't blame four years of mediocrity on one bad recruiting class. Like, you can you can try to make them the scapegoat. Oh, these guys really screwed us over. Uh, the, you have to be able to, if you consider yourself an elite program, you have to be able to find consistently find talent and consistently develop that talent mm-hmm. if you want to continue to compete. I mean, I don't know if we're going to get into college football playoff stuff at all, but the top three teams that I think that have really separated themselves are LSU, Ohio State, and Clemson, right? Yeah, Looking at those scores, all three of those teams put up 50 points yesterday. That's where we are in college football. Now, mm-hmm. you could argue that Wake Forest – Rutgers and Ole Miss aren't exactly defensive powerhouses, the three teams that they played. But these these teams are they have the athletes on the outside, they have offensive linemen that can protect their quarterbacks, that they can score in bunches. That is where we are in college football today. And D'Antonio and staff have one, not recruited to that philosophy. And two, the guys that they have have not been developed in a way that has allowed them to be successful in today's landscape of college football. It's it's pretty simple. My last thing here before we let you go to enjoy your Sunday. There's two games left now, mm-hmm. and you're now yeah. you're, you have to win. You have to win both to right. <laughs> have a have a chance to get to a bowl game. And and to me, as far as watching these games, yeah. the last two weeks, I would just rather have you cancel the season now and we focus everything on basketball. Oh, for sure, throw here. all your chips in the yeah, Izzo and basket. <laughs> and, right? and and we've you know we we looked at the, this Michigan game as being the you know the last thing that you really have to look forward to because I don't know what bowl game you play in. You might be at the Quick Lane Bowl down. No, in, it's, down at it's Detroit Field. now. Yeah, it's so Detroit I, against Ohio. Yeah, which would be incredible to yeah, make. The, I don't even know if I would make the drive to watch oh, that game. Ab- yeah, I don't know. But in, yeah, in, in, these, in these last two games here, if you're if you're Mark D'Antonio, I mean, what do you one? What do you say to your team? And 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 for you, just as a, as a Spartan fan, like what what else do you have any expectations left at all? Like, are you are you sitting there going like they have to win these last two games, they have to get into a bowl game, and they have to win that bowl game for you to be? I don't I don't want to say happy with the season, but do you have any expectation? Like for me, it's hard for me to even be like. I, I need to root for this team. I'm going to be hanging on to the edge of my seat for these last two games. I need to see them win two games. I'm going to go to the bowl game, and I'm good. Like I don't even. I have nothing left. That's we were talking about this yesterday, and we a little bit of it creeped into one of the Snapchat stories about how we're <laughs> how we're num, how we're numb to Michigan State. Yeah. At this point, right? And Rutgers is a different level of bad. Right. So I, you don't want to. You don't want to like hedge your bets or anything <laughs> a la Joe, Joey Ellis but um, <laughs> shout out Joey we love Joey um but I think that you can kind of 
say that Rutgers is probably going to so the Spartans are going to find a way. Yes. Against Rutgers. It might be <laughs> yeah. might be 21 to 20. Yeah. So but, say, okay, but like last I'm year. just just for argument's sake, for argument's sake, let's say the Spartans beat Rutgers on Saturday. So they're playing for a bowl berth at home against Maryland on, on senior day. You know, for as proud of a program as this is, as it has become under D'Antonio, playing for a bowl game against Maryland on the last day of the season has to be a pretty rude awakening to the administration that something has to change, mm-hmm. right? And honestly, I said this on the radio or on the radio yesterday. If if yesterday if yesterday's complete abomination and embarrassment at the Big House doesn't provoke some change, then nothing will. Nothing will. Like there is nothing Michigan State want or hates more than losing to Michigan because of the the arrogance, the little brother stuff. Michigan now, after yesterday, it's 365 more days of that, mm-hmm. and it's deserved. It's deserved. You know, people can say, "Oh, Michigan fans are arrogant." Michigan fans, the Michigan program has always thought themselves to be superior to Michigan State. Well, right now, they are. Yep. It's true. There's no denying it. There's no, if you're not buying into that idea as a Michigan State fan, you're living in a fantasy world. And as sad as that is to say as a lifelong Michigan State fan and now somebody who covers the team, it's it's a reality that has to be accepted. Well, or not accepted and done something has to be done about it, right? If, right. if you're in a position to to do something about it. And I read yesterday, somebody said that you can say to Mark, you can give Mark D'Antonio his $4.3 million bonus that he's due on January 19th, right? You can say, thank you. Thank you for bringing us back to relevancy in the Big Ten and on the national landscape. Here's your $4.3 million. Thank you. We have to move on now. Yeah. Right? Yeah. He deserves a thank you. Yeah. He deserves... All the recognition in the world for making this program into something, in for putting this program into a position where we can lament these things, right? Mm-hmm. Because it used to be just the norm. This isn't the norm, or it's becoming the norm if 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 things don't change. Yeah, unfortunately, that's just the world we live in today. But um, yeah. I do have a, a, a last ahead. one for yeah, you sure. before, we, before we get out. Very quickly, look at the college football playoff. Mm-hmm. Is Ohio State the only lock for the Big Ten? We'll start out with that. With Minnesota losing, no. Penn State in a tough one. If Minnesota wins out, there's a win over Penn State, mm-hmm. a win over Wisconsin, and a win over Ohio State and Indy. Pretty if that's good case. if that's not if that's not good enough for you, I don't know. I don't know where we are. I mean, yeah. right. So we were talking on the SRZ this week about this one crazy scenario that. Georgia wins the SEC. They beat LSU in the championship. So Georgia's 12 and 1, LSU's 12 and 1. Alabama wins out at 11 and 1. This was when they still had two of those. So, this, yeah. so that's all has changed now. Um the the Pac-12 champion, either Oregon or Utah, is 12 and 1. Oklahoma's 12 and 1. There's not enough sp- Clemson's undefeated. Yeah. There's not enough mm-hmm. spots here. Yeah. So You're Right. Something's got to give. Right. So I think LSU's probably going to win out and make things easy on the committee. But 
talk about some fierce debate. If, if yeah. that yeah. doesn't, I'm I'm a big eight team playoff guy. No more, no less. I think that if something like that were to happen, that the eight team playoff is coming, because potentially two leagues getting left out. Mm-hmm. Minnesota wins the Big Ten and Ohio State's twelve and one. Do you leave Ohio State out? If Georgia wins the SEC at twelve and one, do you leave LSU out at twelve and one? LSU's got a pretty pretty darn good resume. Yeah, I agree. Do you leave the Pac twelve champion out at twelve and one? Do you leave Oklahoma out at twelve and one? Do you leave Baylor out at twelve and one? If Baylor wins out and beats Oklahoma in the Pac- in the Big Twelve championship, how about that game last night? Though, yeah, insane. So anything can happen. Yeah. You never know. Uh, the plot thickens here. Yeah, We will talk some college football yeah, playoffs yeah. soon. We more haven't done depth, it yet. More in, more in depth. But we will uh, have more on that and more Michigan State football, for better or for worse, <laughs> in the coming weeks here on the Greenway Report. Mr. Bach, thank you for joining us here today. Thank you, guys. All right, quick break here on the other side of this break. It's time for the Spart. I did the same thing with my computer, Julian. Can you believe hot this? I know, the hot corners. I'm a mess. It happens every week. Uh, Sparty Awards on the other side of this break. Worst candies known to man. You're not going to want to miss it. My mouth is watering already. Green and White Report, folks. We'll see you in a sec. 88.9. Everybody's doing it. The Impact. For more variety than you'll hear on any other station, listen to The Impact Primetime, Primetime, where you can find a different specialty show every night of the week. Check out The Basement Thursday nights from 8 until 10. Your source for local music, live interviews, and concert information. The Basement. Only on Impact Primetime. You wouldn't send a text while using a chainsaw. Check out these pics of this huge tree falling. You probably wouldn't text while scuba diving. And you definitely wouldn't send a text while making out. You are so smoking hot. I love your elbows. Wait, hold on a second. Huh? I need to send this. OMG, I'm like totally kissing him right now. Dude, what the f***? So why would you send a text while driving? Well, that's different. That's what about 6,000 people who died last year said. Oh. And now, it's illegal in Michigan to read, type, or send any text from your phone while driving. It's a $100 fine for the first offense and 200 bucks after that. Ouch. Check out Michigan House Bill 4394. Be a part of the solution and save a life. And seriously, put the phone away while you're making out. Aw, come back, Cuddle Bunny. You need help. 88.9 The Impact. Impact 89 FM. Bringing you sports updates this Sunday and every Sunday. This is the Impact Sports Update. The Detroit Lions fell to the Chicago Bears Sunday afternoon, losing 20-13 at Soldier Field. The Lions moved to 3-5-1 in the season as they prepared to host the Dallas Cowboys later this afternoon. Kickoff set for 1 p.m. on Fox. The Detroit Pistons went 0-3 in their games on the week, including a 109-106 loss to the Charlotte Hornets Friday night. The Pistons dropped to 4-9 on the season as they look to rebound against the Chicago Bulls on Wednesday. Tip-off set for 8 p.m. on Fox Sports Detroit. The Detroit Red Wings went 2-2 in their games on the week, including a 4-3 loss against the San Jose Sharks on Friday night. The Red Wings will return to the ice Tuesday night, taking on the Ottawa Senators at home. Puck drops at 7.30 in Fox Sports Detroit. I'm Henry Menegos with your Impact Sports Update. For more, visit impact89fm.org slash sports.
Ladies and gentlemen, the Green and White Report is proud to present this week's edition of the Sparty Awards, brought to you by Impact Sports. Now, here are your hosts, Ryan Rabinowitz and Julian Mitchell. Ooh, thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, we appreciate it. Appreciate it. Good. Glad to be here. Glad it's, to always, be here. it's always an honor. Uh, we get to do this on Sundays. Uh, we like to thank the Academy, my parents, uh, God and Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. Yeah, yeah. I'd like yeah. to thank God again. Yes, and the Holy Spirit. And Tim Tebow. And t- Thank you to Tim Tebow. Shout out, Tim Tebow. Okay, Sparty Awards. This, if you didn't hear at the beginning of the show, was all inspired by the fact that I have, the only thing in my stomach right now is a fun-sized baby Ruth bar. And Not the ideal. baby Ruth, I don't, so we got these because when the parents came up to tailgate against Illinois, um, someone brought up a bunch of candy and one of the candies was a fun size bag of Baby Ruth. Of course, no one touched it. <laughs> and course. I've just, I've kind of, I remember verbally saying on the record, like, I think Baby Ruth is one of the worst candies of all time. I don't know why people enjoy them, but I was desperate today and I had to grab one. And I ate it. And you know what? It wasn't as bad as I made it out to be, <laughs> probably because I was starving. Um, but it just sparked my opinion or my my brain here, my, my brain compartments and departments. So I was like, you know what? Let's talk about the worst candies known to man here on the Sparty Awards today. I like it. I like this topic. I feel like there's a, there's a lot we can go into on this. Yeah, one. and this was easy too. I was just like off the dumb, yeah, like boom, quick. I can't stand these. But I'll I'll let you start. All right, I'll start out, and I, I we're just gonna start here. Almond Joys are yeah. absolutely a horrible, horrible candy. And you know what? When we were talking about this in the car, that was the first thing out of your mouth was Almond Joy, and the first thing in my brain was Almond Joy. My mom loves Almond Joys. Almond Joys stink. They are horrible. And Disgusting. I'm gonna, and I'm going to throw mine in here because my first one, too, with it, because you stole mine, was, is the mounds. The mounds aren't much better. No. If anything, it might be worse without the nut. I would argue the I would argue the mound is like the uh, the like the runt of the litter. Like you know how you get like the family of like eight people and you got like the yep. runt of the litter, like the eighth child. No one talks about. That's the mound in that, relation to the Almond it. Joy. Yep. Yeah, that whole family of candies is just throw them all away. And I don't, I don't hate coconut. I don't. I don't mean to be the guy that's like coconut's gross because that's just immature of me. But between the almond joy in the mound, if you if you're on Halloween night going door to door, and you're sitting there praying that you get an almond joy or a mounds in your bag, something you I we got to get you some help. There's just so much. It's not even that. I will say they're both terrible. But there's so many other candies that yes. are so much better. There's no excuse for you to tell me your favorite candies in Almond Joy. Like you have had to have had no other candy in the in Ever. the world right. to be like Almond Joys are my favorite candy. They are disgusting. And like like you said, it's not about the coconut because I love the Girl Scout cookies with the coconut. Yeah, Those the are Samoas. my favorite. Right. Samoas like, are my favorite. But Almond Joys, absolutely disgusting. Like you could have <laughs> anything else in the world. A three musketeers. You could have a three musketeers. Yeah, which is nothing. 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 It's air food. It's just air. Three musketeers is like solidified air. That's what I. That's what <laughs> I attribute that to. But I will say, if I was locked in solitary confinement, and the only thing that I was able to eat for the rest of my life was an almond joy, I'd be like, you know what? It's been a great twenty-one years here on this earth. <laughs> I just let me go peacefully. Like I just, I don't want to know about it. Like if you got to hit me in the head with the brick while I'm sleeping, that's it. Yes. I don't want. Um. I guess, well, I went my, so I, I went okay, my, so, I'll so go, go back. ahead, go I'll back, go back. Yeah. My next one, and I think most of America can agree on this, but candy corn is disgusting. Mm, like, no. I, are you, you a fan? I, 
Oh, candy hold corn's on, hold gross. On. Give your speech. Give your speech about it, and I will. I will think about how I want to approach this. But go ahead. Go it's ahead. just gross. The taste is horrible. And if you give out, if you give out candy corn, you are a psychopath. Yeah. Like that's what, serial killer material. Exactly. What? Like out of it's again like the almond joys. Out of everything on the shelf to buy for Halloween to give out to just want. And you pick candy corn? <laughs> yeah, a handful of candy corn. <laughs> like, what is wrong with you? One, it's unsanitary. It's un- Yes. yes but- and then I don't get the mixing. People like, you throw it in some popcorn or you throw it in something. Don't, like, no, you're I, ruining yes, everything. I will, I will agree with you on that. There is no reason to put candy corn with, like, popcorn or, like, pretzels, whatever. And the taste is gross. It's like a, I, I feel like when I bought it, it's like a sweet, tangy type of thing that I'm just not, I don't like it Yeah, it almost tastes like it's not supposed to taste like that. Yeah. If that makes sense. And I, I get it because it is just, like, flavored wax. I do understand that. But I, as the years have gone on, I've kind of, my mom, again, loves candy corn. I've adjusted to the candy corn thing. I get where you're coming from, though, because I, I, I will say, like, I don't like to broadcast that I like candy corn. It's one of those things where you keep in private. You know, if, if you yeah. and your girlfriend are, like, getting intimate, like, tell me something I don't know about you. It's like, uh, you know, honey, I, I like candy corn. And that could ruin your relationship. It could. I'm, I'm not saying it wouldn't. It's a deal breaker. But I... I there's a certain level to me that it's it's kind of like muscle memory to me with the candy corn. It's like I just you know you reach into the bowl and you eat it and like it's like it's not great what's going in my mouth, but I could tolerate it. Can't even tolerate it. I'll allow that one. Um, I do want to touch back on the baby Ruth because the baby Ruth is actually on my list. I don't even know what the baby Ruth is. It's is it like just nuts. I think it's like chocolate, chocolate and there's like it's like caramel, but it's not. It might be, but it's not. Yeah, it's an American candy bar made of peanuts, caramel, and milk chocolate flavored nougat. Covered uh, so in that's chocolate. see, that's the thing. It's the the it's like a weird version of the nougat. I actually like nougat. I'm a nougat fan. People know this about me. But the peanuts, the peanuts they put in the the baby Ruth are like it's just like they taste like it's like oatmeal pieces. They're so thin and like gross. And I just I don't know how I feel about peanuts and candy. I don't. So the baby Ruth to me, I know it's like a timeless thing, but like I I, I was actually in shock they to continue to make the baby Ruth. There's never any <laughs> ads about them ever. I don't quite understand how they're made. Like I don't get the whole caramel nougat deal. And it's not it's just I, I don't I don't take that much offense to the baby Ruth, but it is a it is just a bad candy. It's a very, very bottom shelf candy. I, well, I, part of that, you guys you guys have seen Caddyshack, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's part of the stigma, isn't it? Fair, yeah, the baby uh, yeah. in the pool, and that's a that's a timeless that's a timeless joke. I I went used to go to a Fourth of July party every year where they would do the baby Ruth in the pool, and I was like, I've oh, seen this too many times. Too many times. It's still scary when they pulls it out, takes a bite out of it. You're like, ah, hey, you never know. Yeah, I don't think you can really enjoy it after that. Right, the same way. that's that's you fair. Can. That's a good point because now I just attribute it to a, a poop log. So mm. that's that's the baby mm. Ruth for you. That's a baby. That's it's a baby a poop, Ruth. That's a poop log. Yeah, no, it's definitely like the bottom league of candy. It's like right. baby Ruth and like a hundred. Have you seen the hundred grand candy bars? Yeah, like yeah, those just, just stay around. Know, it's just for the, some the packaging's bad too on the hundred grands. That's a, a good honorable mention, but. Baby I'm, Ruth. I'm with you. Uh, my next one, hot tamales. T- terrible. Terrible. Don't understand. I'm not it. a cinnamon flavored. Like I don't like get don't people who like cinnamon it. flavored candy. I don't know how. It's just like if you want like a breath. I would categorize a hot tamale as like a breath refreshener. Like I. Yeah, yeah. You know, I I like cinnamon gum, but how do you sit there? It's like eating like blazing wings at beat ups. How do you sit there and just eat hot tamales for an hour, in a movie theater like? It's just weird. It tastes like toothpaste. Kind it of. does. It does. Oh, 
It's 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 disgusting. I don't know it's when horrible. the last time I had a hot tamale was either. I, the only time I've had hot tamales is it's when you're at the bottom of your candy barrel during Halloween and you're just like, what is this little red thing? Yeah. And you pop it in. Like, or somebody's yeah. just like, ooh, I found these the other day just laying around and they give you a yeah, hot tamale. You know what? Give me some. Yeah. It's like oh, my, my last Reese's peanut butter cup is gone. Damn, there's only a little box of hot tamales. You just got to do it. Got to do it. That's a good one. Uh, my next one, it, back on the peanuts thing, the payday bar. Are you aware of the payday? I kind of like paydays. Julian. Like, Julian. <laughs> I'm not like gung ho, uh, like paydays are great, but like sometimes. <laughs> Julian. Don't look at me like this. I can't even look at you. Let alone look at you like a I, I can't look that at you. that bad? What? It's it's literally a like, is it caramel in the middle or is it one of those caramel nougat deals? No, I think it's just caramel. I think but it's just it's caramel and whole, peanuts. The whole thing is covered in nuts, man. It's not even candy. How. That's it's not a candy bar. It's not. I shouldn't have. I should. I'm enabling it by putting it on this list. The payday is not a candy bar. It is a glorified. I would eat one like at a ballpark. Horrible, absolutely horrible. That's an asinine thing to say that you enjoy. <laughs> let, let me hear your rationale. Though. I'll give you a chance. What, what, what's it's, your rationale? It's two great things: caramel and peanut. Like it. It is the. The simplest of things. It is a caramel, a brick of caramel with peanuts rolled around it. Dude, I, I'll I'll give you this. If you gave me like a bite-sized payday, I could eat it. Be like, ah, oh, it's a decent snack. But you go one bite, two bite, three bite, and you got a whole nother half to go on the payday. You can't even chew it. You can't even bite into it. It takes an hour to eat. It's so impractical. It's ridiculous. Tell, it's just, it's it's nothing I'm gonna brag about. It this is it's yeah, very good. much like your candy yeah, it's corn. Your secret can. It's okay. yeah. I, yeah. Good. Like I I'm, don't like... I'm okay if someone breaks up with me because I like paydays. I I I, I understand I, it. I don't want to hear this ever talked about. Before again. you leave the peanut train, I need your guys' opinions on the the nut roll. Similar Wait, to the payday. The nut roll? You don't I know the nut roll? I, I, I know what you're talking about, but that sounds like an I feel like it's payday. the same thing as the payday, it's is it similar not? similar to payday, but I think it's marshmallow on the inside. My mom factually Oh, on that. yes. I know what you're talking about. Oh, that's I don't disgusting. Think I've ever, I don't think I've ever eaten one. I don't know if I've ever eaten a nut roll. This is I've horrible. seen this before. Pearson's salted nut roll candy. I don't know, man. I'd have to. T- I, you know what? I'm gonna tell you, it's probably better than the payday. What? I, I I'm, I, I agree with you. It's yeah. gotta be. Not a big fan of the payday. That marshmallow sounds gross. It's Julian. Have you tried it? I have not tried yeah. it. Come on now. Yeah. So don't. What, you're, 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 you like the payday? You're, how would you not like the number? Whoa, yeah, whoa, you're already, hey. You're already come on. <laughs> yeah, you're already clinically insane enough to like the payday. Wow. Well, well, we, maybe we should get some. This we should start a... sampling candies on here. We need to start doing like a food. We segment. should. Yeah, we, oh, we should do an impact sports. Fuck. What do they call it? A mukbang. A freaking mukbang. What's a mukbang? What you ever seen one of those things? That? They do them on like YouTube. People just eat like food for like an hour, like a potluck, and ask questions. Oh, we could do one of those. We just, and we that. just answer sports questions. I've never turned down food ever in my life, so we can try that. Um, we'll keep moving here. My, this, is my, this is my number one. This, this is the thing in the world. You want to talk about biggest fears? I'm, I'm afraid of heights. I don't love the dark. I've gotten much better at, at surviving in the dark. This is my number one worst food, let alone candy, ever. One of the only things that when it touches my tongue, I pee. You know like when SpongeBob eats the snail po? Yeah. Where he, goes, he sticks it and he goes, Bleh! like that kind of thing. He sticks his tongue in there and he shrivels up like a prune. The black jelly bean. I'm, I'm getting queasy just <laughs> thinking about it right now. I'm starting to get a little sweaty. 
My mom, again, loves black jelly beans. Don't understand it. I've almost considered running away from home because she likes black jelly beans. I have. You think I'm lying? I have. At, like, just specifically, she likes the black ones? I. She loves them. It's like the... I... Dude, I'm gonna, I might puke. That's gross. I get queasy when I think about it, and it's like one of my fears. Like, I'm not... Like, I'm afraid of them. I get... I have to, like... I, I swear. I'm not just, like, building this up, but between, like, heights and the dark... And like sometimes, like things pop out too quickly, <laughs> and like some versions of clowns, not all of them. The black jelly bean is there. It's my kryptonite. I can I can get behind that. I'm not a big jelly bean guy. Uh, dude, I can we they're move just, on? I don't gross. even want to okay, talk. Okay, we're about gonna it. move we're from gonna move, there. Move, move my next one: red vines. Terrible, horrible. It's like a, it's like a Twizzler, but it's but it's not. It's I don't want to hear this slander. Twizzler. What? With what? The red, red vines? vines. Oh, they're red disgusting. Red vines they are they'd... so much better than Twizzlers. Oh. Objectively, objectively, do not taste good. The red vines. They do. They are they're, not. The, good the at texture all. of Twizzlers is way worse. It doesn't break down in your mouth. It's a completely different candy, in my opinion. Yep. The Twizzler and the red but vines everyone, are too different. Everyone always compares them because they look similar. Right. But I, I don't like red vines at all. They're horrible. I'll, no. t- I'll tell you a quick, quick red story. Vines are my they childhood. taste like wax. Quick story. Eighth grade, driving uh, around with some friends. Very cold the mom decides to pass back some licorice. She's like, hey, kids, you want some licorice? Gives us some red vines. You know what I do? I bite into the red vine and I spit it out the car window. You send it back. I send it back. I, I send was like, it back. you take this back. <laughs> Blasphemy. I will call CPS on you for giving children red vines. That's I don't fine. give children red vines. I just not you specifically, <laughs> yeah, but yeah. his mom. Yeah, I think we should stray away from giving children candy in general. Just kind of a yeah. bad look overall. Yeah. But, all right. Well, Bach likes red vines. I learn something new about him every day. That's incredible. See, hold on. I, I, I took a lot I of like, flack for a payday. If, well, I, but I'm with you on payday, Julian. Thank Dude. you. All right, then you know Thank what? Thank you. You're back on my. You're, you're back on my on my <laughs> okay, bad list. What did you say though? That you were kind of meh on them, or you like them? I'm I like, like them. I'm like kind of in the middle like, on them. I don't seek them out, but I'll eat them if they're available. Not, you better not. Exactly. Seek them. No, I don't. Seek We're gonna them have out. some issues yeah. if you start seeking them out. If they're available, out. I'll eat them. But I'm not going. Mm, I want to pay there right now. No, but, exactly. Yeah, I'm, I'm with. I'm right with you there. That's yeah. that's tough. Yeah. Wow. wow. Red vines, huh? Whatever, Bach. Fair enough. Everyone's entitled to their opinion. I'm not. I'm not. Do you like candy corn? I I know. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I, so your no, your candy I, corn I and my it. red that's, vines that's cancel fine. each other you know out. What? Fair enough. And I've now seen the light. So I get it. <laughs> I'm you. now I'm back to earth. Yeah. I'm candy corn is. You talked about <laughs> biggest fears. Candy corn is mine. That's oh. fair. And I respect that. Yeah. I respect your. I will never bring candy corn around you. Thank you. Just as I I want no one to bring black jelly beans around me. Now the next one too. My last one here. I believe still is also black licorice. The good and plenties. It's just straight black licorice beans. And I just I don't fundamentally understand how anyone likes black licorice, black licorice, black jelly beans and black licorice. When it touches my tongue, I vomit. This is like I don't knock on wood. I'm not a huge puker. I don't like puke after eating foods. I will deal with stomach pains for six hours and I will be on the toilet nonstop. But I I, I don't really puke very often. I would never have a chance of swallowing a black jelly bean or a good and plenty without vomiting everywhere. Like, I don't think uh, I've had a good and plenty, which I I thank God for. My mom also loves good. My mom loves every candy what, on this. Where do you even get sure. a good and plenty? I'm like I'm like mom. What's wrong with just like a Reese's peanut butter cup? Like that's not good enough for you. We have to go get a. It's it's black licorice. The packaging sucks. Oh, it was like it's from like a ninth the 1980s. Horrible. It's black licorice coated in a hard candy shell. Disgusting. That sounds and, horrible. And I actually think that this company should be put out of business for for selling these. I do. Oh, that is so bad. Why would somebody do that to no, themselves? No, you know what, Julian? Great question. No idea. Zero clue. And I'm actually like aggravated. 
that people like these things. And sometimes you'll go to like a a, 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 a venue and they'll have the twisty things where they got like the Skittles and one, yeah, like yeah, the yeah. M&Ms, and there's just good and plenty for no reason. Because some a-hole probably is like, we need to have good and plenties in here. No one likes good and plenties except my mom. I... I have never met anyone besides wow. my mom who likes them. It, they're embarrassing candy. It's a joke. It's a sick joke. I hate it. That's really so. Are there good and plenty in your house? Not no, but like my mom will like every now and then you'll see a box sitting there. Like my mom like was like you know she went out she got herself a Starbucks for the day. She's like I'm gonna treat myself, grab some good and plenty. Like why don't you go get yourself a foot massage, put the good and plenty away because your son here can't stand can't stand them. Wow. Sounds like a very traumatic childhood. It I, is. I, say. I, I mean, I I remember the last time I had a black jelly bean. I was in my mom's 2007 Jeep Commander, the red one. I drove it for a <laughs> while. I crashed into a tree. Rest in peace, car. I'm fine. We're all fine. Thank God. And she reaches back. She goes, you want some jelly beans? I go, sure. She hands them back. I get the red one, the grape one. I'm fine. And then the black one comes in. I wasn't even paying attention to it. I put it in my mouth. Blah. Puke. Gone. Immediately. Just wow. didn't accept it. My body was like... What are you doing? It put the brakes on, put the kibosh on it. Put the kibosh on say, it. And I, it came out immediately. Done. Never again. Wow. Hey, boys. Steph, who's an employee here at Impact. Yeah, shout right? out Steph. She she says, she's tweeting at us right now, that uh, she wants to get a show where we have the host of sports directors try these candies on air. We want I real can't time do reactions. It. I will quit. I will quit before <laughs> I am forced to put a black jelly bean in my mouth. So I appreciate. I think Steph we for, have to I, do it. We got to do it for the Steph, content. Oh, are you serious? Do you make the me do content. this? Content. I appreciate I mean, Steph chiming. I actually don't hate that idea. Uh, I, dude. We could throw oh, some God. good ones in there too. I'm like dry heaving right now. I'm gonna, I'm gonna puke. <laughs> I might pass out. Fine. If we, if you, if if you gave me some candies that you promised me I would enjoy, that I would do it. Fine, I'll do it. I'll eat a black jelly bean for you guys. I, I'm right. gonna, I'm gonna throw up. I want you guys to know that right now. There it is, Steph. Green and white report host. We're I'm like, in. I'm got my We're body down. just got cold. I've gone cold. Am, am I dying? Let's get it going. Hold on, you're gonna be okay. I'm you're gonna to be okay. Light. I'm there's, to see a light. There's no black jelly beans here. I don't feel good anymore. You're okay. You're okay. I want to go home. Somebody get him some McDonald's. He needs a hash brown. Yeah, I do. Stat. I need a McChicken now, or I'm going to faint on air. That. Okay, Julian, your last candy. My last one, Gobstoppers. That's I. That's ridiculous. That you said that you don't like Gobstoppers. Gobstoppers are horrible. I don't know about that. Horrible. What's wrong with Willy Wonka? You hate the Oompa Loompas? Don't discriminate. I don't hate Oompa Loompas, but let's be honest, they're nothing but mischievous creatures. Oompa Loompas, I actually will say too, back to my biggest fears, Oompa Loompas and E.T. E.T.? You were scared of E.T.? Dude, I had, I've, I've had, I've never in my life had worse nightmares than I did with it involving E.T. I've been killed in what? dreams before. By E.T.? I haven't been killed by E.T. Okay. ever. There was one dream I had where E.T. somehow got into my room and my I called my mom in and she came in. And I started punching E.T. in the face. <laughs> my mom was just sitting there laughing. No help at all. She was zero help. Zero help, my mom. You fought E.T.? I did. I was be I was honestly was feeding them. I was just feeding them <laughs> knuckle sandwiches. I swear, I'm not making this up. There, I have had several nightmares in my life involving E.T. the extraterrestrial. I hate them. Can, to this day, can't watch the movie. The Are most, you serious the right most, now? The most disturbing thing I've ever seen in my entire life is that creature on, on, on screen. When is the last time you've seen E.T.? Probably when I was five years old. I watched it on VHS. That's it? All right. Another new idea. Dude, we're I, sitting down and we're watching E.T. Live reaction. Crazy. This is crazy. Live, live reaction show. You beat the crap out of E.T. in a dream. I, I did. not get past that. I was feeding him left hooks, and <laughs> he wouldn't move. He was like, eh, eh, eh. I was like, dude. I was like, mom, can you help me out here? And she was just laughing. 
No, how is he trying to feed black jelly beans? My mom and I made up a a bad dream song to alleviate (laughs) E.T. from coming into my dreams. It worked. And I don't have dreams about him anymore. Probably will tonight. But that's it. So, yeah, anyway, Gobstoppers. Uh, I I don't know what to think anymore. I just picture you having a dream. Like, have you seen when when, um, Stewie beats up Brian? Yeah. No, Brian beats yeah. Where's I, my money? I forget. Where's yeah. my money? That's all I picture is you fighting E.T. Uh, he was very resilient. He's got a very hard head, too. E.T., You think man? it'd be soft, yeah. E.T.'s so lovable. I don't. I disagree. But back to the gobstop. Wow. I do actually like... Gobstoppers are impossible to eat. I don't have the time to like suck on those things for That's an hour. That's my biggest problem with them. I, I will say, gobstoppers are not necessarily... They taste bad, but the time and effort I have to put in to enjoy that candy is just ridiculous. Yeah, because you're busy and you want to... You know, you want to... You don't want to be eating gobstoppers for six hours. Like, I go to candy for, for pleasure and to enjoy it and to feel, like, good. Right. And then I get a gobstopper and I'm like... I can't do this. Yeah, it's too much. It's a commitment. It is. I'm not gonna lie to you. I I understand where you're coming. I just I I like the taste of them. I do. I don't think they're. You know what's also like up there like runs. Never sort of runs. You know runs. Come on, you don't, I don't know runs. I, I may know runs if I look at like Truly, the box. You don't know runs. Bottle doing. caps also a little sketchy candy. The pen. Oh, I do know runs. Oh, yeah. runs are horrible. Do you like Pez? I used to. What's wrong? What do you mean? You used to like Pez? I, well, I, I, I guess I shouldn't say Pez? I used to. I haven't had Pez in a long time. It tastes better out of the dispenser, too. You can't just eat it out of the wrapper. Yeah, you can't eat it out of the wrapper. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't had Pez in a long time. Uh, they're they're still good. I, I'll say I'll say it. They're still good. Okay, fair enough. Well, I guess that's it. That's the Sparty Awards. Worst candies of all time. Worst candies known to man. We got deep ET. there. I think we learned a lot about each other for that segment there. We really have. You fought E.T., man. I like, did. I I was feeding them laptops. This is what we're going to submit for an MAV. I have a greater respect for you, Ryan, after learning how traumatic your childhood was. I, it's, and- it's been a tough road to get here. You know, everyone's like people, if, you know, they've, they've grew up in the inner city and whatnot and, you know, underprivileged. I had to grow up being afraid of E.T., so... And black who's the real? Beans, who's so. the, people were calling me a hero for this. I just this is just how I live my life. <laughs> I'm a better man for it. Uh, well, we'll I guess we'll move on. We'll try to move on. Uh, there's a couple national headlines here that we want to touch on briefly. We do have to be. We have to do the picks before one o'clock. So we might be racing to get to the picks here. We might need to get some get some candy corn. I mean, to get my blood sugar up to get. Please going God, here. no. Um, but we'll do some national headlines. A couple things to touch on. First thing, Miles Garrett, Mason Rudolph. What the hell is going on? I have no idea what happened. That was the most bizarro thing I've ever seen in my entire. I've like. And by the way. I have a problem with people who I get that Mason Rudolph, quote unquote, started this. First of all, if you watch what happened, Miles Garrett wraps him up and he tackle he he's holding on to him for thirty seconds, throws him to the ground. Not a great look. Probably should have been a flag. I don't know if there was a flag. Mason Rudolph, not great. Probably shouldn't be kicking the guy in the groin. Probably shouldn't be trying to rip his helmet off. He is much bigger and stronger than you. But to take someone's helmet off and to swing it as a weapon. And hit someone in the head. How you how you turn that on Mason Rudolph is banana land to me. Like the people that are like Max Kellerman, I tweeted about this. Yeah, you Max did Kellerman about is this. a fool. How that guy has a job still, it just it, it's 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 kind of comforting. Like if Max Kellerman can talk about sports on the radio, I'm, I'm on TV and and make a living out of it. I can I could be a, a unicorn if I wanted to. That's where I. That's kind of the same level of playing field I put that on. Okay, but sure. I I just can't believe it. He took his helmet off and swung it in his head. He could have killed him. Like I, what the hell? Why? How? How does that? I have never. I've grew up playing hockey. I played <laughs> hockey my whole life. I have never in my brain 
ever thought to take my stick and swing it at someone's face. You just like you don't. You don't as like it's never registered. I don't have that part of me that does that. Yeah. I don't know what you think. You think Mason? I think he should have been suspended, Mason Rudolph. I do. But like, do you? Uh, you come on. You can't defend Miles Garrett. Mike. No, crazy? I'm not. De- not defending Miles Garrett. And Miles Garrett crossed a line. Oh yeah. I have. I so I, 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 the I line agree. I would agree you very much. The issue that I do have is that Mason Rudolph sits at a press conference and go, "It was a coward move." Yeah, like, like dude, bro, relax, come on, you brother. can't start the fight and then be like, "Oh, he hit me." Yeah, I know. Like, stop. That's good. Oh, you can hit me too. Don't tell my mom. Just, just hit me back. Stop Look, I, I'm, hit, I'm hurting myself. I don't know. What exactly. I, I, so that was my problem with it, and then people are just like, "Oh, Mason didn't do anything." Mason. Yeah, I know. Mason started. I agree. It. That's that, an issue. Okay. Garrett crossed the line. My other point is, can we talk about the fact that Mason Rudolph ate? That swing at his head, like he took the brunt of that helmet to his head and just ate that, and then go ah, yeah. And like, that's a guy that had a very bad concussion very not bad. too long ago. So uh, good luck to his brain. So I was just very impressed that he ate that. Yes, shout out to my man Mason Rudolph. I don't, I can't stand. It. I think the, the Steelers, I suck too. So whatever. Uh, next thing we can move into: Colin Kaepernick in the NFL. The NFL, yes, yes. I, I don't know what the hell is going on. I don't know the whole story as far as. Uh, they said one thing, the NFL, and then they moved the thing. I think the NFL is looks so so bad in this situation. It just it's a very bizarre thing that the NFL has done with this Kaepernick thing. Because I, I understand, like I don't I don't want to get into like opinions of his whole kneeling thing because we're way past that. Um, I I think that he you know it, I, I I'm glad he's getting a shot. I really am. But like this has never been done before to where they like set up a private workout for this one sole human being who hasn't played in three years. And I think it's almost kind of patronizing, but he looked good in his workout. Yeah, and if you're yeah, like yeah. the Lions who you have Jeff Driscoll now running out there to to uh to to play quarterback for the Lions, like I wouldn't mind the Lions picking him up. I know like you can get a lot of back. I think your jersey sales would go through the roof if you sign Kaepernick, which is monetarily fine. Mm-hmm. I know there's going to be a lot of backlash, but just bizarre, the NFL, man. I, it's just weird. I don't know what your thoughts on I'm glad he's getting a chance. I really am. I actually think someone would sign him. I, I do. But it's just really bizarre, dude. I don't know. I don't know. That's all I got on it. No, yeah. It's it's ridiculous, and I've been trying to follow and catch up on all the things that happened over the weekend into why he, he staged his own workout and didn't go to the NFL's workout. And a part of it is, I, I and I think as I look more and more into it and as I read more and more of what people are putting out, the NFL put him into a really, really, really bad spot. They put him on a Saturday when most of these things are held on Tuesdays. Uh, they didn't allow him and his team to record it, to send it out. They wanted full control of video recordings and sending it out to the teams and something along with his right. uh, waiver and the rights that he would have he would have had to sign. So I, 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 this was a stunt for the NFL just to get him to say, hey, hey, we're doing Kaepernick, Kaepernick a favor and we're getting him a workout. Look at us. Look at us. Yay, yay. And then he went and did his own thing, and a lot of people right. have – different opinions on whether him doing his own thing was a stunt that's not going to get him to play in the NFL anymore or if it's something he needed to do because of what the NFL was trying to do with this staged workout that they held yeah. for him. But I think comes down to it, he looked good. Um, he obviously is needed by teams. I mean, the Lions is one that's clearly close to home that could use a guy like him. Oh, yeah. And, um, yeah, I think it's it's still clear and obvious three years now he's been pushed out of the league for three yep. years now. He's been denied for three years is the quote that he said. Um, and he's here now. And whether you want to say the NFL you know, gave him the workout or they were doing this for a PR stunt, 
the video is now out there that this guy can still play, and somebody should sign him. Absolutely. We'll see how that story develops as in the coming weeks. Uh, last in the year in our national headlines, Tua Tagovailoa. I, I, that was pretty good. That was that was really good. Rolled right off the tongue. That was unbelievable. I, I like blacked out for a second there, and it just came out of my mouth, and it was perfect. That was beautiful. Excellent. Uh, hip injury, dislocated hip, something else, or some femoral, it's something bone, posterior wall something, fracture. I feel uh, like anatomy and in, anatomy and science. Uh, but uh, devastating injury. Uh, people were comparing it to Bo Jackson's injury that obviously pretty much ended his NFL career. Feel terrible for the guy. He's just been yeah. snake bitten. Like he's, he I feel been. like he's hurt every year now. And that's a guy. I don't know what Alabama looks like now without him. I said they were able to get the job done when he didn't play a couple weeks ago. But to go anywhere deep into the playoff if they make it, I don't see it happening now. It's devastating for a guy too that you know is an NFL prospect legitimately. It just sucks. I don't know if now you rehab and you go to the NFL immediately or you have to come back for a year of school to prove yourself again and, and get healthy, but just stinks, man. You hate seeing guys go down. Apparently he was in a lot of pain. He looked like he was in a lot of pain too. Yeah. His nose was bleeding too. I don't know what the, I don't get nosebleeds very often, but that who I mean, I don't crazy stuff, man. But but obviously thinking of him, but just crazy, man. And yeah. That's, it, yeah, it makes, you know, for the product of college football, it's you take a big chunk out of out of what mm-hmm. college football is now. Yeah, no, and yeah, you're exactly right in all aspects. I mean, just sad to see him go down, and it's it's one of the the saddest parts about college sports is that for those years that you're proving yourself and you have to show that you're a pro, the chances of getting injured and the chances of of, of losing everything yes. is is very much there. And exactly. this is a guy who was, you know, potentially could be the first pick. I mean, Joe Burrow's. A lot of people are saying he's passing him up, but he was up for contention to be a guy who's going to end up making a lot of money, who's going to play pro, and now. There's a question mark on his future. And so yep. really sad to see that. With Alabama, like you said, don't know where they go from here. Mac Jones, only three points um, when Tua went out for Alabama. So, not great. Not great. Not great. So a big question mark of where they head on from here. Absolutely. Well, then we'll wrap up national headlines there. We got a we got a bear down here, June. We got about seven minutes left. Here. We're going to go to a roll. We're going to go a quick break. I'm going to grab a five hour energy and a Tylenol. I'm going to get payday. moving here. Uh, please don't. I'm going to puke. Uh, we're going to get moving here with the picks. If you want to text into the show, 517-884-8989 or tweet us at WDBM Sports using the hashtag GW Report. We have the picks coming up. We're going to a break. We'll see you soon, folks. This is the Green and White Report. Eighty-eight point nine. Mmm, wow, this chicken is sure good. You think? Yeah, yeah, it's really... You know a thing that's also good? Is that supposed to be a segment? The Impact's Afterglow. What are you talking about? Where you can hear everything, chill and mellow. So you can be chill and mellow, just like me. What's going on? Oh, oh God, I'm I'm stuck in a promo. Someone help me, please. The Afterglow has songs so chill, you can't just be chill about it. Tune in every Sunday, 9 p.m. to 11 p.m., and you'll see what makes chill so hot. Oh, man, that line was bad. I'm out of here. Th- thanks again, man. It was good Wait, time. you were uh, you were hitting it pretty hard tonight. Are you, are you good to drive? Heck yeah! I am amazing at driving. Yeah, man, you sure? I mean, I can call a cab, or we fine. can uh, we can get somebody to take you home. Yeah, you know? yeah, don't worry. I'm good. Okay. Uh, hey, text me when you get back. Okay. Stop right there. This is stupid. He's drunk. Friends don't let friends drink and drive ever. A message from 88.9 The Impact.
Welcome back to the Green and White Report. Six minutes left here. We're on the clock. Ryan Rabinowitz, Julia Mitchell here with you. Henry Menego is behind the glass. Eric Bach back in studio now to do the picks. We need to get this done. I need everyone to lock in right now. I am ready to roll. Ready to roll. Let's Are go. we good? Hank, do we get the music? We need the music, Hank. Wait on Hank. It's okay. This is one, Let's go. one man show. We are there. strapped. I know you're a one man show. Right, here, here we go. We, hey, got the, ho, ho. we got the music and I just blew everyone's Figured headphones out. I'm sorry. <laughs> you're good, Hank. We appreciate you. You're doing get it. great today. The picks. First game of the week. Colts, Jags. Colts are at home. They are a two and a half point favorite. Eric Bach, kick us off. Uh, Colts, uh, Adam Vinatieri, they're shopping replacements for him. He kicks a game winner at the buzzer. Colts at home, they're going to take this one. The Colts do not have Jacoby Brissett, Brissett this week, correct? Is it Brian Hoyer? I, I think he's back. I really? Think he's back. Yeah, I think he's, he's back. back. All right, give me the Colts because I didn't do my research. Colts it is. Dolphins and Bills, the Dolphins are at home. They are a seven-point underdog. Oh, it's it's always me first. Okay. Yes, always right, you right, first. All right, uh, Bills, the Dolphins stink. Well, we're going crazy. No. I'm kidding. No, we're going with the Bills. <laughs> the Dolphins, didn't they? The Dolphins, I picked them last week, and they won. <laughs> that was my, like, my one pick. We have to f- go back and find my record from last week because it was terrible. Humble brag. Humble brag. I, no, it was terrible. <laughs> no, I, uh, it I, was so bad. It's okay. We're all we're, we're using pretty. That's why we don't gamble. Pretty bad. Right. Uh, yeah. Dolphins and Bills here. You know what? I'll take the Bills here. They don't score points ever, but the Dolphins stink, and the Bills have a pretty solid defense. Next game, Henry's Vikings against the Broncos. The Vikings are at home, a ten point favorite. The Broncos may be the franchise in the NFL that needs Colin Kaepernick the most. Give me the Vikings. Yeah, give me the Vikings in this one. Rolling with Kirk. Uh, Joe Flacco stinks. Uh, I don't even know he's playing this week, but give me the Vikings. Why not? Buccaneers and Saints. Yeah, there you go, Hank. Buccaneers and Saints. Saints are on the road, a five-and-a-half point favorite. The Bucks. you know, they, they, got, they are so inconsistent. Yep. Mike Evans has been great on my fantasy team. Those, that's my picks. From my fantasy team, give me the Bucks. Wow, wow! Saints, wow. the Saints Crazy. got beat bad last week by the Falcons. Yep, at home, Crazy. bad, 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 bad. Which is why I see the Saints bouncing back with an yes. easy one in this one. Excellent analysis, Julian. That's why you're the best in the business. Give me the Saints oh, here because Drew Brees and Michael Thomas screwed me out of a win last week, and I had to win because my playoff chances are diminishing in my fantasy league, and I'm really upset about it. Give me the Saints, big this week. Washington Redskins and the New York Jets and might be the worst football game I've ever seen in my entire life. Washington, a two and a half point favorite at home. Redskins because they're at home. <laughs> What's my rule? We do not roll with Washington. Give me the Jets. I don't know if the Washington Redskins actually have a quarterback on their roster. Give me the New York Jets. Panthers, Falcons. Panthers are a minus four uh, favorite at home against the Falcons. Fuck. Falcons had a big, big win last week in New Orleans. They let down. Shout out Nathan Stearns, the fighting <laughs> Kyle Allens. <laughs> I love it. Give me the Panthers. McCaffrey's the best running back in football. Keep pounding. The Falcons got lucky last week. The Panthers will blow them out this week at home. Ravens and Texans, the battle of Lamar Jackson and Deshaun Watson. Can't wait to watch that game. Ravens are a four-and-a-half-point favorite at home. Those two dueled in what is one of the best college football games of this decade at Clemson. About three years ago, I think, in 2016. Uh, I think the Ravens are really good. Give me give me them. Give me the Texans in this one. Deshaun Watson wins an absolute battle with Lamar Jackson. I think the Texans are a weird team that you would expect to cover in this one, but I just don't know if they can do it. The Ravens might put one in late and cover that game. Give me the Ravens here. Niners, Cardinals, a rematch of a game a few weeks ago that surprised many people when the Cardinals did cover Ray, or the Niners are a nine and a half point favorite at home. 
Good teams win. Great teams cover. Ooh. Give me the Cardinals. The the Niners, they they blew it last week against the Seahawks. But I, I think there's still some. They're good, but they're not like. Super Bowl contending good. Fair give me, enough. Give me the Cardinals. I'm going to do the Cardinals to cover as well. 49ers win it, though. Yep. I think the Cardinals are figuring something out. Yep. Same thing with me. I agree with both of you guys. Give me the Cardinals. Raiders and Bengals. Raiders are a 12-and-a-half point favorite at home in Oakland. The Bengals are over. They continue to be over, but I think they cover 12-and-a-half. Wow. Bengals are a bad team. Give me the Raiders. 12 and a half, a lot of points, but I'll tell you what, the spread could be even larger than that. Give me the Raiders here. Eagles and Patriots, a Super Bowl rematch from years ago. The Eagles are at home, but a four and a half point underdog. Patriots, good good teams win, great teams cover. The Patriots are a great team. They cover four and a half on the road. Yeah, give me the Patriots easy in this one. What's my rule, Julian? Don't. Do not always bet on the Patriots. Yes. yes. Do not yes. bet against yes. the Patriots. That was it. Exactly. <laughs> we got there the eventually. Yeah. Like, ah, In one form or another. <laughs> Absolutely right. Give me the Patriots. You never bet against them. Rams and Bears. Rams are a six-point favorite at home. Still a travesty that the Bears took Mitch Trubisky over to Sean Watson. The Rams are not good, though. Like, they, what has happened to the Rams? Jared Goff thinks I dropped him last week in my yeah. fantasy. He's he, I, three points yeah, last week in I fantasy. Just, wow. And that's Serious. the reason that I lost to Alex McRae yeah, by four well, points because Deshaun Watson was on bye. Ugh. Same thing. Oh, my Brutal. God. Yeah, what? Hate to see it. Hate to see it. Bears. Bears mm. cover. Ram. Ah, the Bears outright. Give me the Bears outright. Whoa. I'm rolling with it. Bears outright. It's Sunday night football, isn't it? I sure. think it is. I think it sure. is. Sure. Give me the, uh, oh, my gosh, I did it again with the hot corners, man. <laughs> Unreal. Give me the Bears here. I don't know if they'll win, but they'll cover for sure. Monday night, Chargers, Chiefs. The Chiefs are on the road and a four-point favorite. Mahomes is back in full bore. Obviously, he played last week. Chiefs, Chiefs cover. Give me the Chiefs. Chargers will cover, though. Chiefs defense is bad. The Chiefs are struggling a bit as of late, but I think Patrick Mahomes has enough firepower to get it done for the Chiefs. I will take the Chiefs in this one. Last game of the week, Jeff Driscoll and the Detroit Lions take on the Dallas Cowboys. The Lions are at home at Ford Field at 1 p.m. today. They are a seven-point underdog against the Cowboys. No Stafford, no hope. Give me the Cowboys. There's no team that knows me more than the Dallas Cowboys. Give me the Detroit Lions. Oh, boy. Uh, that's and Julian, not a good pick. for the second time today, Julian has gone clinically insane. Yeah, that's just, uh, that's just not Jeff smart. Jeff Driscoll, 400 I, yards. I, oh, jeez. I'm taking the Cowboys here, and the Lions have zero chance of winning this game. They yep. will not win this game, and that's about all I have to say about that. Oh, what a fade from Hank. Sign this God. kid up. God, one-man band. He did the updates. With his yeah. Minnesota Vikings. Can we give him a clap? Can we clap him like that? There he goes. Is this, is this that bad radio? Thank you, Hank, for all you do back there. Ryan Collins, you better step it up next week when you come back because he's coming for your job. But with that being said, for Henry Menegos, for Julian Mitchell, and our friend Eric Bach, who joined us here today, so we weren't all that lonely in the studio, I am Ryan Rabinowitz. You have been listening to the Green and White Report. We will see you next Sunday and every Sunday at 11 a.m. Have a great Sunday, folks. Shout out, E.T. No. <laughs> you have been listening to the Green and White Report on WDBM. For all your sports news and notes, go to impact89fm.org/sports.